0: Well, hello there. Merry Christmas, everybody. And nothing else, just Christmas. Don't care about your other holidays. This is Project A+.
1: We're fighting the war on Christmas, right?
0: We are a fine Christian podcast.
1: Wait, wait are we fighting for Christmas or against Christmas?
0: We're playing both sides against one another.
1: Then what? who, who are we cheering for? Just ourselves? Ourselves.
0: Yeah, we're like lone wolves, like your Jimbo. Or the man with no name who has a name.
1: Or Chris Kyle. Or Kyle Katarn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lone ones. That's what I think of. What I, think of. Uh, oh. <laughs> I you meant Chris Katarn. <laughs> I did not mean Chris Katarn. <laughs> He's the less famous of the Katarn simply. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kyle Katarn from, what's, what's, is it Shadows of the Empire? No.
0: That's Dash Render, motherfucker. Cal oh, is from the, the Dark Forces series.
1: <laughs> I, I never really... Uh, Dark Forces dip, slash dip, Jedi Knight. Dip my uh, toe too deep in those waters, I must admit.
0: Didn't dip your wick in that shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas, Hunter, <laughs>
1: my co-host. No, I'm not wishing you a Merry Christmas. I'm Happy Hanukkah.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: I celebrated Hanukkah this week. How was that? It was nice. With candles?
0: Uh, my mum has a plant in the shape of a menorah, so that counts for
1: something, right? <laughs> does, she, does she like candles at the end of it?
0: No. It is just naturally in that shape, but it is quite funny.
1: Mm. Um, you know, I think before we get into the, the special proper, we should mention that this is our Christmas special, right? You already? Did you say that already?
0: I think I said it was our Christmas special, or I just said Merry Christmas. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, as we do for all of our specials, except for our holiday No, it's our holiday special. So Christmas special is the one where we do the Christmas movies, right?
0: No, no, no. We have this argument every year. There are two two Christmas specials. One of them focuses on like Netflix original Christmas Oh yeah, whatever. Whatever. Second one, in the lead up to Christmas itself, the bigger Christmas episode is about list making or some shit. Uh, They're both Christmas.
1: Can't wait for Hyperion to die so I don't have to celebrate Christmas anymore.
0: Fuck you, Christmas is the best. You'll be celebrating Christmas with me for the rest of your life as long as we do this podcast.
1: No, I won't. Which is going to be for the rest of our lives. But how long is that? Well, forever. Um, it may not take this form anymore, but we will do an end Christmas special in our new podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the same. We should program. have a
0: Christmas special in all of our podcasts. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, we should. Next year, we have to do that. Anyway, so uh, what do we do uh, each year for Christmas You? Well, we go through a bunch of lists, right? <laughs> the Classic yep. Project a Plus Four. And we check them twice. We're going to find out what films are naughty and nice, am I right?
0: You are right. But that's not all we'll be doing on this episode. We'll be drinking mm. a special custom
1: cocktail. Mm. We're adding, if, if any of our fans uh, are familiar with our Christmas show from last year, we're adding a little twist to this one, which is to keep you with our... Uh, New segment on the show, our most popular segment by far, I think. Can you, do you think that's a fair assessment? I think it is. It's my favorite segment Drunken Drunk Mastermind. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be adding a little spot of trivia. So we're doing uh, more than just these two lists, but each one of our top 10 and bottom 10 films will come alongside a trivia question. That's
0: right. And uh, we should speak in more detail about this uh, custom cocktail, because it's not just any mm. custom cocktail or custom Christmas cocktail, uh, as is the case here. Um, so on, on the previous two specials that we did last year, uh, we each took it in turns to devise a, uh, a holiday-appropriate uh, drink.
2: Mm.
0: And this time, we decided to join forces exquisite corpse style and each independently come up with
1: uh, four ingredients. Well, that's not really a, a exquisite corpse style. It is. No, it's not. It is. It's not because exquisite corpse, you know, you write part of a novel, right, and then the next person picks up from that point and then writes the next section.
0: But that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> not really. I'm doing Actually, one not, one not at all. The Drink. You're
1: doing the next part, and it all comes. No, together. no, but we didn't do it like that. We did essentially. No. No, no, cuz we came up with what our ingredients were independent of what the other person said. That's true,
0: but so you No, know, 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 like if we had like no, no, if we no it cannot no, this uh No, this
1: I will not allow not license. allow. I will not allow you this.
0: <laughs> At this uh special because, time of year. Because,
1: okay, hey, listen to me? If this were the time of a, year that is a, about we fucking finish instead of man. You, you goddamn cut what what it would be if it was an exquisite corpse cocktail is I would come up with an ingredient and then you'd be like okay because you came up with that one I'm gonna come up with another one and then I would do that with. That's the not drink.
0: how it works though because yeah, it is. you can't yeah, it the other person can't know where you came from, <laughs> right? So exquisite corpse is also something that is done in illustration. Okay, whatever, whatever. that is when you you draw a body in like three sections and one person like draws the head and all just, the and they fold the paper over and all the other person can see is like the lines of like the shoulders or something. Let's just and then let's they just, they draw it from there without knowing what the first person has actually done. And then the just, joy is that at the end you unfold the paper and you get like the weird creation that everyone has made together. That's just that is kind of what this, I'm talking about with this particular exquisite. Let's, let's, co- let's fucking get out of shit. Of a drink. Let's fucking get out of this. Anyway, Anyway, because this particular Christmas special is so uh, inundated with list making, specifically, Mm. or most uh, central of all the top and bottom tens for the year, uh, we we decided it was only fitting that our drink should contain exactly ten components. Mm. Um, Two agreed upon universal components to to Mm. base the drink around, Uh, one of which was brandy, which was the, the base liquor, uh, or spirit, and the other of which was a garnish. Oh, well, sort of. The other of which was a garnish, which uh, in this case was a Christmas-appropriate candy cane. Mm. So that was the agreed ingredients. Then we independently went away uh, without consulting one another and selected four ingredients, and then we smashed them all together. Uh, so mm-hmm. the ingredients I chose were as follows. Um, wait, should we give the should you give the quantities actually as we go so our listeners can uh, join us uh, in sure. this uh, in this delight? So uh, it was one shot of brandy and one candy cane. Mm-hmm. So that's the quantity so far. And to that, uh, I added uh, two shots of limited edition Captain Morgan's uh, gingerbread spiced rum. Mm. Available at all good liquor stores everywhere for a limited time only, as I said. And uh, then the juice of one orange. Mm. Uh, What else did I add? Do you remember? Ah, and champagne.
1: And the sort of a
0: Champagne, essentially, there was no quantity specified because you put it as the last liquid in the drink and just filled Mm. the the drink up to the top of whatever um, glass you decided to use. We suggested Mm. Tumblr because uh, we had a particular name for this drink, which you may now share.
1: It is called Christmas Miracles, the Canton God Tumbler. It really flows off the tongue.
0: Yeah, so get a large tumbler because there's actually quite a lot of liquid in this, uh, mm. in this drink. And probably the more champagne, the better, I suspect. Um, and uh, my garnish of choice, uh, so that was the three liquids I chose, and then one garnish, I chose a cinnamon quill, as we say down here. Or a cinnamon stick, as you might say up there.
1: Could you do it in an American accent for me, please?
0: Cinnamon stick. Right, thank you. Oops, that was an Australian accent. That was like a broad Australian accent.
1: <laughs> it was like, that sounded like you were making fun of poor like people. A cinnamon,
0: a cinnamon stick. That's my American. All right. Uh, what did you choose?
1: So to your ingredients, I added one tablespoon of lime juice.
0: Is it one tablespoon? I thought it was half oh, a half tablespoon. Oh, half a tablespoon.
1: My bad. Half a tablespoon of lime juice. Well, a one-inch piece of ginger, grated. Yes. And a maraschino cherry. And my garnish was a salted rim. Mmm. Yeah, delicious.
0: <laughs> my favorite type of rim.
1: I wanted to give it a, a little bit of that uh, tropical feel from the last holiday special.
0: It actually is kind of a nice combination of the, the, the last two drinks we made, because the rum evokes the terrible hot-butted rum uh, yeah, that is was, was so disgusting no <laughs> way is it
1: grosser than that one
0: and yeah and the salt rim um does recall the the sort of more In the tropical orange, cocktail the orange still, and the the
1: lime and the lime all right should we uh, give this this sucker a, a spin let's give it a try it's pretty good to me oh, I'm so scared <laughs> yeah
0: should I stir it should we stir it again with the candy cane
1: yeah yeah of course get a little <laughs> bit of that candy cane. Right liquid
0: on there oh, yuck. get that candy cane sugar on my sh- sticky yeah so sticky all
1: right all okay. right gross ready Whenever we have my candy cane is dissolved <laughs> yeah i'm ready all right three all two right, one bottoms, bottoms up. up salty <laughs> <laughs> that was the
0: Primary flavor that I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once we drink away the salt, we'll be able to taste the drink. It's not that bad because I taste a lot of orange juice. So,
1: mm. my orange was not that big, so I don't know what's what's good to go up. With that. Ooh, that's so salty. <laughs> oh wow, that's perfect i knew i knew that the salt room was gonna ruin whatever it was i don't mind the salt like i,
0: I like salt so i'll, mm, I'll happily too. have salt um to mitigate the sweetness of any anything
1: really um well, it's not a sweet drink though there's nothing sweet besides the orange right
0: no the rum is sweet it's oh, disgustingly gosh. sweet gosh. <laughs> okay i mean it's okay. probably lost in the in the quantity that we've uh we'll, we'll be tasting
1: like. we'll be tasting uh Some raw rum, uh, soon, so...
0: Yeah, that's true. Gonna take another sip of the bit that I drank the salt from so I can taste the rest of it. Me too,
1: me too. Doesn't taste bad.
0: It's fine, actually. It's perfectly fine. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) It's quite nice. And the, (laughs) the salt
1: even helps. Mm, yeah, salty, mm. a little spicy because of the ginger. I like the it. cinnamon. Yeah, I like not, it. Not bad. Much better than that Good fucking, fucking shit you made last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now that we've tasted our ceremonial beverage, shall we uh, plunge right into the uh, episode proper?
0: Let's do it. Okay.
1: We like to start the show off um, because, you know, we're both very shambolic people. I think you'll agree with that. We often forget things. I concur. So um, we kind of want to pin this fact to the head of our ship, right? This is like our icon. We go into battle building, which is our forgetfulness. So we're going to start the show off with uh, a very special award, award, which is the movie that I forgot that I watched award. Mm -hmm. You got your uh, choice all queued up, you? I do. Do you have like a fanfare going? (laughs) <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, do you want me to do, do mine first? You do yours first.
0: Do yours first. I'm, I'll do the fanfare.
1: My choice for the film that I forgot that I watched in 2020 is Horse Girl*. Hmm. That uh, was definitely a contender for me, but not the winner. <laughs> I think I know what your winner. Set, me up. Is. Set I think me I know. Up. I think I know what your winner is. <laughs> Set me up
0: the winner for me is Spencer Confidential
1: (laughs) oh I did not forget that film at all I definitely
0: did I thought you were going to go with another one what did you think I was going to go for
1: Uh, I'll talk about it when we talk about it later yeah Horse Girl um, you know I think I remember like a very little bit about it but I really don't remember much I don't even remember why it's called Horse Girl why is it called Horse Girl? I remember like <laughs> scenes from Horse Girl, which is why I didn't
0: select it. I remember almost nothing about Spencer Confidential. I could tell you nothing about its plot.
1: <laughs> I remember much more about Spencer Confidential. You mm. don't remember? You don't remember Mark Walker going to like um, truck driving school? <laughs> Come
0: on! Dan. I only remember that because you told me about it on the podcast. <laughs> like that's how little of an impression it made upon no. me upon first
1: viewing. Literally the only two parts of, of Horse Girl that I remember is, is this scene where she's, like, naked in the art store, okay? Hmm. And also the, I key that, up, key that up every day, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just need that to, to wake up in the morning. <laughs> um, and also, I remember the fact that uh, the guy from all those Drake Dorobus films is in it. <laughs> That's all I remember. It's, like, a mm. TV character or something. And uh, I don't remember why it's called Horse Girl I don't remember it at all Is there a cool horse in the movie? I couldn't tell you I don't remember why it's called Horse Girl to be honest <laughs> So that's why it's the most freaking old film to me <laughs> Alright, so we're going to um, We're going from a, a kind of a low there, right? Uh, to something more of a, a positive note How does that sound? Does that sound good? Everyone needs a positive note this time of year Do you agree with me, Hugh?
0: um should we mention that uh, we're in front of a fire in a cabin or some shit
1: oh yeah it's it's a horrible snowstorm our car is broke down and we were forced to take refuge in an abandoned cabin cabin luckily there's a fireplace that's the scene right
0: and luckily we have each other and the podcast to keep <laughs> us company
1: and maybe maybe sparks will fly we'll see
0: mm. uh
1: what was your question i don't remember <laughs> i think everyone needs a little bit of a positive note this time of year don't you agree I agree. So uh, I think we should turn now uh, to uh, another list. Why, why are you making that noise?
0: I don't know. I Maybe mean, it was just
1: the salt that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is not bad. I would never like choose to drink it outside of this context, but it's not bad.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah.
1: We're going to talk about films that we discovered this year. Films mm. not from twenty twenty. That, for whatever reason, caught our attention. We decided to pop them in the old VHS player, give them a watch, and for, you know, again, whatever reason, they stuck with us until this very moment. Because I started with the uh, movie that I forgot that I watched, do you want to go ahead and jump into the your first discovery here, Hugh? Okay, my first discovery
0: uh, of a film from 2020 that I hadn't seen before. The uh, film not to from to 2020.
1: Be, did I not say that? Yeah, you said a f- from a film. You said a film from twenty twenty.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll review the tape.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just insert it here.
0: Take two. I'm not going to edit this. I've only got tomorrow to edit this because the rest of the time is Christmas prep and all that shit. So you got to edit it. You gotta What are you talking about? No, I'm going to edit it. I mean, I'm not going to edit edit it. If you know what I mean, it's going to be pretty loose.
1: <laughs> well, you got to edit. You got to edit it this part at least.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the best bit. So the first of the films that I watched in 2020 that wasn't from 2020 that I hadn't seen before but which Mm. proved to be quite the revelation Mm. is, if that's the right uh, word for the start of the sentence that I set up, A Canterbury Tale.
1: Mm, The Powell and Pressburger film.
0: Which was a Powell and Pressburger film that I hadn't seen before. Mm. Um, wasn't Wasn't that eager to see... Compared to hmm. some of their other films, um, which is why it's taken me this long.
1: Perhaps put it on as a as a, uh, a completionist thing more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'd heard some good things about it. It doesn't get the same sort of coverage that, uh, say, The Red Shoes does or A Matter of Life and Death. But people do say favorable things about it. Um, but I, I thought it was a, a flat-out masterpiece. Mm. Great film, and I was I was very pleased to uh, become acquainted with it. And it won't be the first time. It feels mm. like the type of film that actually is a comforting rewatch as well as a rewarding one. Mm. So that's my first discovery.
1: Well, I think all the words you just said, except for um, powered impressed," could also be used to, discover, uh, to describe my first discovery. You, oh?
0: A Canterbury Tale,
1: nope. by someone else.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> well, A Canterbury Tale in spirit, if not in form. Okay. Now, Hugh, um, earlier this year I got into the films of Jackie Chan. You experienced this with her. Mm-hmm. Watched a lot of them. and uh, But for the most part, I tended to stay with the big stuff. The stuff that was either directed by him or by Samuel Hong, you know, one of the big directors of Hong
2: Kong. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, uh, <laughs> simultaneously, I had become kind of fascinated by the works of, uh, uh, let's say, Schlockmeister by the name of Wong Jing. Maybe you know where I'm going with this.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I decided one day to throw on their one and only collaboration, uh, an adaptation of a Japanese manga called City Hunter. <laughs> and Hugh, you know, I think this is uh, <laughs> a simply delightful film. Uh, entertaining, funny, bizarre clash of sensibilities that puts Jackie Chan in a role that he seems ill equipped, but uh, man, is he giving his all to. And I laughed, I cried. I realized that my life has meaning. It's a masterpiece in all forms. That's City Hunter. Now, Hugh, what's your second discovery?
0: <laughs> Before I get to that, I just want to specify something about how I, how I constructed the salt rim on my tumbler.
2: Mm.
0: Um, so I wasn't going to use like table salt because that would be way mm. too fine and way too potent. Mm. Um, and you're not supposed to use table salt for a salt rim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some, some, uh, fancy molden sea salt, <laughs> uh, whose crystals like shaped like large diamonds mm. and I, I, sort of made an attempt to break them up. It wasn't very successful. Um, so when I was drinking out of this from a fresh salt rimmed portion, I was getting like a giant mouthful of salt.
1: So. <laughs> I used the table salt.
0: You use table salt. Okay.
1: Yeah. I don't have any other salt available.
0: You don't have kosher, kosher salt in the house, person no. who just celebrated Hanukkah.
1: Um, it's a little presumptuous of you.
0: Hmm. Well, kosher salt is also like a ubiquitous, like, cooking ingredient. So
1: that's true. No, we don't have half bag uh, kosher salt.
0: Well, Jesus won't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, he was Jewish. He was. Presumably kept kosher.
0: Mmm. <laughs> uh, oh, what's my next discovery?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it actually follows Star on Check from Star Trek discovery.
0: Yours, it actually follows on from yours quite neatly.
1: Mmm. Another masterpiece. Um,
0: in that the director of City Hunter also worked with this particular actor and director, Stephen Chow. Mmm. And that film is Forbidden City Cop. Um, which I remember... Uh, my brother recommending for a long time, and uh, i would never seen it properly, maybe I'd caught glimpses of it, but I sat down and watched it finally, and it was a very satisfying uh, comedy journey. Mm. Good stuff.
1: I thought about it included a Stephen Chow film, but I would not describe any of the ones that I watched as discoveries per se.
0: Mm. Because I discovered it.
1: Yeah, and then I decided to Because it was on Netflix one day.
0: It was on. It was on both of our Netflixes, which is Love on Delivery, right?
1: Yeah, a perfect film. Good stuff. All right.
0: Comparable in quality, I think, to Forbidden City.
1: <laughs> I, I I think I prefer um, Love on Delivery a little bit more.
0: Whereas I lean, obviously, as I as I just stated, towards Forbidden City Cup. but they're both great.
1: What's your next t- choice? It's the two gingers. <laughs> Um, so we're going to take a, a short plane trip from the city of Hong Kong to the island nation of Japan.
0: All aboard!
1: Huh? All aboard! All aboard! And we're going to talk about, about a little film called All Monsters Attack. Now, uh, listeners to the podcast will also know that this year was also the year I tried to watch all the Godzilla films. Now, I was Ooh. nobly defeated in this attempt because a lot of them were pretty boring. Um... <laughs> But, uh, you know, I had heard almost nothing but bad things on All Monsters Attack before I watched it. Uh, that's because, uh, you know, it, it was a film that the original series director, Ishiro Honda, did not want to make. It's mostly made up of recycled footage of the monsters from the previous films. Uh, and, you know, I thought it sounded boring. When I watched it, it is one of the most bizarre <laughs> films you could possibly imagine. <laughs> and I genuinely loved every second of this totally strange film about this latchkey kid who fantasizes that his best pals with Godzilla's son who talks to that talks to him and goes on adventures with him while he's getting Mm -hmm. kidnapped by a gang of robbers and taken to an abandoned factory that's right beside his apartment building uh this is an extremely strange film uh and I think it is delightful and bizarre and uh I'm very happy that I decided not to skip it because uh, it's the only one of the original um, Showa era that I, I, I thought about skipping, and uh, I'm glad that I did not. So uh, highly recommended if you're in the mood for something really strange. <laughs> Don't mind watching uh, recycled Godzilla footage. <laughs> now you, what's your next discovery?
0: Uh, My next discovery is uh, Cindy Sherman's Office Killer Featuring a masterful turn from Carol Kane Mm. It's a film I hadn't heard of Um, I watched it as part of some free online festival and I was very pleasantly surprised um, especially because on paper it would sound like something on paper it sounds like something that uh, I wouldn't be especially interested in like it sounds like Mm -hmm. a 90s dark quote-unquote comedy
1: Tarantino-esque
0: but it's not that at all and uh, I actually really think it it manages to strike quite a unique mm. tone or mood while also being funny and also being quite grotesque as
1: well. I quite like uh I quite like Cindy Sherman's uh, photographic work
0: hmm. well I'd recommend it if you can if you can track it down somewhere See if I can find um, it. Apparently the DVD releases were at an incorrect frame rate, and the people mm. at the festival manually corrected the frame rate. Uh, wow! So I saw it in quite a, kind of a unique um, correct format. Interesting. Um, but I, I don't know what what else is out there. And that's that's my choice.
1: Well, should I share with you uh, my uh, yes, please. next discovery? All right, so for this one, we're going to take a taxi to the Tokyo airport, right? All aboard. And then we're going to get onto a plane, okay? All aboard. And then we're going to promptly get off the plane and go back into Japan because...
0: <laughs> get off the plane.
1: <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about a little film called The Red Spectacles.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, which
1: is uh, Memora Oshis Live-action debut. Now, um, if you know Mamoru Oshii at all, it's because of his anime work. Uh, he's best known for... Actually, his
0: mom um, knows my <laughs> mom. Oh, you
1: had sex with, the, had sex with his mom?
0: <laughs> yes, I had sex with his mom. That's what was going <laughs> um,
1: He is obviously best well-known for the, being the director of Ghost of the Shell. He's directed at several other well-known anime films. Um, and... Uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I had watched a trailer uh, based on uh, an article written by one of my favorite film critics, Ignati Mishnabeski, about the Red Spectacles, uh, which uh, the article made it seem as if the film didn't necessarily live up to the insane promise uh, of the trailer. Um, now, I, you know, I was able to finally track down a decent uh, enough quality version of this film. I popped it on, and I have to say, I think it's uh, kind of a masterpiece, this bizarre combination of um, dystopia, metafiction, and slapstick comedy, and uh, lots of um, diarrhea jokes. So, Mm. uh, I very much enjoy Oshi's attempt to wed sort of the political uh, philosophizing that uh, is very typical of his work um, in anime with a very strange and lighthearted, hearted uh, but melancholic and um, uh, kind of depressive tone. So uh, I think this film is uh, truly great, and I look forward to revisiting it again soon. Okay. Oi, oi, you got another discovery in your sack,
0: bruv? I do, I do. Um, so this is a film that uh, I discovered as part of a Project A Plus project that we embarked mm. upon uh, earlier this year. Do you embark upon things or just on things?
1: Uh, I don't upon, know. I, I would guess. say I would say upon. Okay. Um, oh, can I, get, and I guess? A, can I guess? A can I little guess? film. Can I guess? Can I guess? You can guess. Jane Simon Bob* reboot. Yes. <laughs> How did I know? How did you know? I just know you so well, Boo. All right, let's hear it.
0: I mean, who'd have thought that after all these years that Kevin Smith would just knock it out of the park by returning to, to this world? Like, y- y- you'd think there's nothing left left to say. No more you know, comedy he, to mine. He mind. went back
1: to his roots and... Just his roots found him, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a true knockout. I agree with you.
0: Um, No, no. The film I'm going to mention is, in fact... Wait, what? Look... Jay and Silent Bob Reboot will appear on A-list. That, that I can promise you. <laughs> that film did not get
1: released month. in the United States in 2020, so...
0: I don't know. We watched it, so I, I
1: counted it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. It probably didn't get released in Australia until 2020.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, I think it is... Yeah, it actually was released on a streaming service in 2020 in Australia, so... Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm pretty sure it's on one now.
1: That counts.
0: Um... Uh, the film is the best film by an acclaimed American auteur. <laughs> Kevin Smith. No. Robert Altman. Oh. <laughs> not, not Ghosts of Mars? What the fuck? Not Ghosts of Mars. I knew that would be pretty good. Um, yeah, that wasn't like a revelation to me that Ghost of Mars was pretty enjoyable. Because I'd already heard as much. Perfect film. Uh, no, the film I'm talking about is, of course, Quintet.
1: <laughs> yeah it's about the same league as like uh became mrs miller right
0: yeah i mean i haven't seen that so obviously it's better for me <laughs> Me, me neither. um but uh arguably this is not a successful film but i can't help but love it um <laughs> because it's so <laughs> it's so goofy but in like a very earnest kind of way and the fact that it was like a long-standing like passion project for Altman, especially compared to the rest of his filmography, uh, I think just adds to the enjoyment. Um, and
1: boring.
0: there is something about it that did actually stick with me unironically. Like it wasn't just mm. like, Oh, this is like a train wreck, which I don't think it is
1: boring.
0: Um, but like the boringness is part of the enjoyment. I think the, the fact that it is, like, it's like this like weird post-apocalyptic nonsense. With this stupid board game bullshit, and he came up with actual rules for the board game in like the the press kit or whatever. It is it is
1: very Star Trekky now that I think about it.
0: And the the Vaseline on the lenses, everything about it is just so peculiar. And some interesting and and good production design, I think. Great,
1: great performances.
0: Amazing performances.
1: Onum's best. Um, yeah, I can't
0: help. I can't help but have a lot of affection for this film. So I, it definitely justifies its place on this list for me.
1: All right. Your sir. Oh, you! I got another uh, Japanese film for you. Now, this one uh, is called Love and Pop, mm-hmm. and <laughs> much like the previous one, it was the live-action debut of an acclaimed anime director. Uh, mm-hmm. This time, uh, Hideaki Ano, who's best known for um, creating and directing and basically being the main force behind the Neon Genesis Evangelion franchise, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's something about Shinji. this. No, Shinji! get in the mech? Um, there's something about this film that uh, I just I I love <laughs> the style of it. It's it's so frenetic and and I just enjoy attempting to. Um, You know, Evangelion is a show that employed a lot of avant-garde techniques in order to uh, get into the uh, psyches and the deep fucked-upness of its characters. And I think it is really impressive to take those techniques, which are much easier to convey in uh, animated form, I think, and apply them to a live action image. Um, you know, this film isn't wholly successful, but um, its style is so striking, so perfectly suited to capturing... <laughs> uh, shut the fuck up. What life... In, no, no, that was just me drinking of, the drink. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Where was your mode of pleasure then? <laughs> that was my mode of pleasure. Um, capturing life in this bustling age of ours. And I think it is an absolutely extraordinary film. It's, it feels like it's bursting at the seams uh, of... Uh, almost creating a new a new grammar or something like that. That's so prodigious, but I really really love this movie a lot. Uh, so that's love and pop. Now you got one more uh, discovery to share with us this this year, Hugh.
0: Yes, and I I think you'll concur with my choice. Um, I'm surprised that what you didn't find room on your list actually, but <laughs> well, maybe it did. You don't know yet. Uh, so this is a, uh, a film by, um, I I wouldn't call him a prolific director or even a good one,
1: (laughs) um, but I would call him Bob Saget. (laughs) Well, I can't, I can't call it a discovery if you shared it with me. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um,
0: I mean, I can't really call it a discovery. I mean, who discovers anything? We get it from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that film, of course, is um, 1990-something's Dirty Work.
1: I, I think we, I, I'll give it the honor. We should, we should award this the Project A Plus official discovery of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant film. <laughs> One of the, the funniest movies ever made. Cool <laughs> <laughs> um, worth
0: it just for Norm Macdonald's wardrobe but uh, mm. also worth it just for Norm MacDonald's presence and his uh, creative input as well.
1: Uh, 100% agree. Um, yeah. Never has a, a film comedy mod it, uh, entertained me so since the uh, you know deranged genius of Clifford was unleashed upon me.
0: That's right. Classic film. That's all I have to say. I
1: agree. Go watch it. All right. <laughs> I've got one more film to share with you today. Mm-hmm. And it's another Japanese film.
2: <laughs>
1: what can I say? I watch all Work? It... Huh?
0: Is it dirty work?
1: <laughs> nope. It is oh, Shinji Sagat. <laughs> get it get in the the <laughs> revenge business Shinji. <laughs> 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 um, now, this is a film called Angel Dust, which is a 1994 joint directed by Gakuru uh, Ishii, who's kind of, kind of an underground filmmaker in Japan. Uh, this is a very strange um, uh, film? Like police detective uh, genre piece that I think has this just very particular mood that I really vibed with. Uh, it's very disturbing film. Not something to watch uh, if you're in a good mood, I think. But um I think it uh it conveys this feeling of just this um I don't know brought uh hiding under the of uh you know Japanese society with a uh style that I thought was um beautiful, strange, and kind of vile. But I really liked to watch. So that's Angel Dust. Hmm. And that's my discoveries. That's our discoveries.
0: That's our discoveries indeed.
1: All right. And now uh, we have to turn negative. You know, with every positive, there's a negative. That's what uh, talism tells us, right? Mm-hmm. So we must turn now to our disappointments of 2020. And uh, last year, we uh, contained this list to um, films that we had watched in 2019. But we decided to broaden it a little bit just because there wasn't enough material to draw from. Uh, in 2020. Uh, so since you start with the next one, do you want me to start on this one, my, my good pal? Yes, please. All right. So my first uh, disappointment may, may shock you a little bit. What? Uh, what? Because it's a film that uh, we talked about on the show. It was a Project A Plus official episode. Hmm. Uh, it's David Fincher's make. <laughs> now, I'm going uh, <laughs> to say my disappointment is not the typical disappointment. That you reserve for films that, you know, you expect to like and then, you know, end up not liking for whatever reason. Yes. No, I was expecting to think make was going to be just a a total disaster, a nightmare movie that that would suck the life out of me. Um, And it was mostly just boring and bad. (laughs) So uh, I was anticipating something that would be legendarily awful. And unfortunately, I was just met with something that was pretty mediocre. So that's why make was a disappointment. Mm hmm. What's a disappointment for you? Uh,
0: well, I don't need to say much about this because it featured on our last episode. And that is, of course, the princess switch switched again.
1: Hmm. This is going to mm. come as a shock to you, but that's my next disappointment.
0: Wow. There we go. We can both speak to it now. Um, so it managed to capture exactly none of the charm of the original. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yes. it's fair to say.
1: Yep. <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, it, even the mild uh, uh, pleasures of the original film were completely lost in this tepid sequel.
0: I think it's a particular disappointment because we were very much tantalized by the uh, synopsis of the sequel um, yes. circa last Christmas special. Yeah. So um, to, to see it play out in such a dull fashion. It's really too bad. Gen- genuinely qualifies as a, a big disappointment for 2020.
1: I agree.
0: And it is a 2020 film.
1: All right. What's another uh, disappointment you got?
0: Um, I mean, this wasn't a huge disappointment, but I was just trying to fill in numbers. But um, <laughs> uh, my next one is Nostalgia by uh, mm. Andrei Tarkovsky. And um, <laughs> there, there are aspects of this film that I... Like perversely enjoy, but it also <laughs> makes me very suspicious of my enjoyment of any Tarkovsky film.
1: <laughs> I mean, that candle lighting scene is hilariously pretentious. It is funny, yeah.
0: It is funny, um, and hopefully, hopefully, he intended it with a sense of humour. Mm. I don't. I, I know not many people associate humour with Tarkovsky very readily.
1: <laughs> i wonder why. But who, but who
0: knows? Maybe maybe there was a sense of humour at play.
1: Uh, I've only seen Stalker. I think stalker there, I think
0: there
1: I, is I think there is not zero
0: humor in Tarkovsky's work. I don't think that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think that's an unfair characterization. But I mean, is, there any, or not is, is there
1: any filmmaker who has zero humor in their work?
0: Maybe. I think we could find one. Um oh, yeah? but but um I think he intended nostalgia more earnestly than uh it warrants.
1: Mm.
0: And it's a pretty it's a pretty dodgy film. Would you so say you have nostalgia
1: was, for a time in which you hadn't watched it?
0: Not really, because of that candle scene. I I I, I very much appreciate having having witnessed that. To be honest, like that. It, it is pretty funny. <laughs> in a weird way, that that makes me more affectionate for the film. But uh, it did really make me question my appreciation for this director in general. It feels like I've said this before, maybe, but I'm not sure if it's on the podcast or not. But it feels like you go through certain phases when you're becoming, um, mm. a film buff, right? Especially, especially if you're, you know, a white like male, male, film male buff, yeah. a straight white male film buff uh-huh. where you, you latch onto certain figures early on who like embody like cinema for you. And and certainly for me, um, there was a phase in which that person was, was Kubrick, right? Hmm. And then it feels like the like the like next level like galaxy brain step is Tarkovsky and uh
1: <laughs> you think? And I think I'm over him to be honest. So, <laughs> so
0: your now I'm disappointment, disappointments disappointment, but
1: more like your disappointment in yourself for like you in the first place.
0: Yeah, that's right. I do I do still appreciate um, some of his films. Like Soccer's really like good. Stalker's is good. Andre Tarkovsky is good. I th- no, Andre <laughs> Rublev is good. Named after himself partly, I guess. Uh, um,
1: Andre uh, Rublev is
0: good. I like. He, he, I like um, Stalker. I, like, I quite like Solaris as well. So I like. I like the, bits and pieces of his filmography. Do
1: you think the fact that I never went through a phase with either of those directors when I was a teen means I can appreciate them? Means more you're you genius. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, should I give you my next disappointment? Yes, please. Um, you know, uh, uh you know, I, I love Wong Jing. We can agree on this, right? We love Wong Jing. hmm I think if there's one figure who, uh, embodies the Project A Plus, um, mentality is Wong Jing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I have to say, you know, I was promised something with this movie. And, you know what? Uh, I'm not, I wasn't so disappointed with it. I did, I did kind of need to fill out this list too. But, um... You know, when I, when I read a description about this movie, I thought it was going to be amazing. You know, Wong Jing takes his bad experience working with Jackie Chan and turns it into a feature-length, like, poison letter about how much Jackie Chan sucks. <laughs> Which this movie is in half. <laughs> and it's called High Risk. Um, half of it is this really hilarious, extremely petty attack on Jackie Chan. You know, making very vulgar jokes about his penis size, killing his manager all sorts of good stuff <laughs> but the other half is a pretty boring like jelly movie so <laughs> you get to docket points for that he probably gave it to the wrong um, second assistant director or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah if you just caught all the Cs that are making fun of Jackie Chan this movie would be a hundred out of a hundred mm. but uh, instead, it it's it's merely a, a 60 out of 100 so fair enough <laughs> No, I do like that it opens. I mean, it does have a great opening where the bad guy murders gently's wife and child by blowing up the school bus, which is great. <laughs> yeah, but um, the whole like Die Hard knockoff plot—I mean, you know, despite the copious aesthetic pleasures of shooting a movie in Hong Kong in the 1980s or 90s, rather um, 90s, yeah—it uh, does—it does not quite escape the uh, shadow of Die Hard, which is clearly indebted to.
0: Yeah.
1: Alright, what's your next disappointment, my brother?
0: Um, So, My Next Disappointment is a film that uh, is is reasonably acclaimed, I would say. It has a a good name in the business, in the critical business, in the popular business. Um, It's a 1980s action comedy. Die Hard. Um, And sometimes, you know, if you're in the right mood, you can be like, yeah, I can get get down with that. Die Hard. Um, But the one thing that particularly attracted me to this endeavor... Is the presence of one of our favorite actors, probably the actor that most symbolizes um, Project A Plus, Plus. if any. Charles Grodin. (laughs) Oh. Martin Short, maybe number two. Number one. Martin Short Okay, Martin
1: Short in Clifford embodies Project A Plus.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Charles Grodin throughout his career embodies Project A Plus. Yes,
0: yes, fair enough. Um, So this is a Uh, A buddy film, I guess, featuring Robert De Niro in one of his early comedy turns. Mm. And I use the term advisedly. (laughs) Um, And uh, Charles Grodin, of course. And uh, the disappointment for me is that clearly the filmmakers didn't know what they had in Charles Grodin. Mm. So he does fine for the role that uh, he's given, but he could have done... So much more if they allowed him to do it. And I think that Robert De Niro is one of the worst comedy performers in the history of cinema, honestly. And uh, this is ground zero for him.
1: I have to say, I think I, I find him to be a charming comedic actor. Not because I think he's funny. I think he's deathly unfunny. The fact that he is so he watches so badly—it's it's pathetic. It's it's beautiful in a way. Yes,
0: yes, I, I agree with that. But like on the face of it, in terms of what he's trying to do, mm. he's terrible. <laughs> and uh, Midnight Run is not very good at all. Oh, that's a shame. I was say I was disappointed. I thought it would be more watchable than it was, but I found it rather dreary.
1: Yeah, it kind of does have like the ideal like hangout movie, you know? Yeah, in an ideal world, which we do not live in, unfortunately. Clearly not. All right, so um, (laughs) there's kind of a pairing here with the last film in that. Another film in this franchise featured in my discovery list. Uh, My next one is the Godzilla movie Destroy All Monsters. Mm. Uh, You know, I was promised a fun um, monster, all-out monster brawl with that title. Destroy All Monsters. All the monsters are going to get destroyed. Instead, you get a boring recycled plot, lots of dull mind control monster footage this whole movie is just boring it sucks it's it's a shame and this film is also reasonably equated by Godzilla fans I don't understand why just because he got Rodan and Mothra in there does not make a good film King Ghidorah is a boring villain it's it's just a boring movie so that's why Destroy All Monsters is on this bottom list so many many better Godzilla films and yet I don't understand why this one gets attention, the attention that it deserves. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what do you got for your uh, next disappointment here, Hugh? My next disappointment is not a bad
0: film by any stretch, but uh, I just couldn't quite get on its wavelength, and that film is Only Angels Have Wings.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: acclaimed Howard Hawks' Cary Grant vehicle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah... <laughs> Fair enough. Is that it? <laughs> What's your next one?
1: <laughs> My final one is going to pair with one of your discoveries this year. And this qualifies as a true disappointment because I was extremely enticed by the combination of this particular star with this particular premise. Which is the, the James Bond uh, parody movie uh, from Beijing with Love. Hmm. Um, Which is, unfortunately, now, you know, there are great parts of this. I love Stephen Chow. Stephen Chow is great. He's so funny. He's one of the funniest people who's ever lived. I think we can agree on that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, unfortunately, this movie is just just lacking jokes. There's just too much, like, straight James Bond nonsense. There are some great scenes. Don't get me wrong. But so much of it is just boring, like, action shenanigans. It's just not that great to watch. It's a shame. Because the idea of it sounds amazing. And I think much better executed in Forbidden City Cop. It's a great film.
0: <laughs> Bizarrely enough, yeah.
1: But From Beijing with Love is is unfortunately kind of a disappointment, and uh, again, it's a, it's a shame. Uh, my last one is one of your favorite
0: films, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can accept this. Um,
0: it it's Wong Kar Wai's Fallen Angels. <laughs> Fair Which I know. didn't mind, but uh, I was a little bit disappointed by it. It didn't quite uh, gel with me. <laughs>
1: it didn't love off to be uh, one of the but, my yeah. favorite films.
0: But I, again, I was just trying to fill in numbers here. Like, it wasn't a huge disappointment. It was fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, g- I'm going to buy the, the blu race that that criteria is putting out. Hmm. Pretty, pretty psyched. All right, bro. Well, do you have your trivia list ready? Because it is time for that part of the night where we get to our bottom ten films of the year. I do have my
0: trivia ready, yes.
1: Uh, you you can start because I did I started the last one.
0: Okay, so we're starting from ten to one, yeah.
1: Oh man, I already feel like pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't feel I don't feel so good. Um, uh, number ten.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: My number tenth worst film of twenty twenty <laughs> is duh, 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 The Princess Switch switched again. We talked <laughs> about it last episode, I'm not saying anything more. <laughs> Let's your well, I also talked about event. it on this episode so. And you asked a trivia fact for our last episode So, Let's take a quick pause to hear the Drunken Mastermind theme song Just mm. to know where <laughs> we're at in the podcast
1: Yeah, let's do it Drunken
2: Mastermind, mastermind.
1: Thank you, Hugh. All
0: right, you ready? Yep. What is the prince's surname?
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is.
0: The punishment for getting a question wrong uh, mm. during Junker Mastermind this time around on this special Christmas episode is that the person who got it wrong has to take a sip of delicious Captain Morgan's limited edition mm. gingerbread spiced rum. So separate to our Christmas cocktail.
1: I have not tried this raw, so
0: it's disgusting. Where I have tried it raw, and it's disgusting. All right, I'm ready. So the prince's surname is you don't know. It's Wyndham. 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 <laughs> Wyndham. <laughs> what the fuck? W y n d h a m Wyndham.
1: Yeah, oh, man, I, I I feel I feel bad for making my trivia question so easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but most of most of are pretty hard, actually. Okay, ready? Okay, we're gonna take a drink. How is that? Oh man, what, what's the, where's the gingerbread? It's it just, pretty it's like, bad. It just tastes. It just, it's just like, it, tastes like yeah, it just tastes sweet. It well, tastes like that's, syrup. Yeah, it just tastes sweet. Doesn't taste like gingerbread. That's fucking gross. Well, my number ten worst film of the year is a film that I've already talked about this episode. Do you care to guess? It's David Fincher's Mank. You got it right. Ooh. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this that we didn't cover in our exhaustive episode, but uh, it's kind of a boring film. You know what? It probably wouldn't have made my bottom ten in a year where I watched more movies, but uh, it's not that good, and I didn't like it, and so it's number 10. Number 10 worst. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, are you ready for my uh, trivia question? Ready. Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling like you're going to get this one. Jack Fincher, father of David, was responsible for the screenplay of Maker, or at least a draft of it. In 1964, when David was two and Jack was 34, the family moved from Denver to San uh, Anselmo, California. Can you tell me which future filmmaker was one of their neighbors? No. No, no <laughs> guess at all. Which future
0: filmmaker? Which future was filmmaker? Was a neighbor of Jack Fincher yeah. and, yep, and David Fincher. In an obscure suburb of California.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to guess. Was he like Finch's age? Like Finch's junior <laughs> age? I'm going to fucking tell I you. Fucking, fucking,
1: fucking, um, 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 <laughs> Brett Ratner. <laughs> uh, no, the answer is, it's our collective favorite filmmaker. Stephen Chow? It's Lucas. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't know that. Wow. Should have, you should have gone on Jack Fitzgerald's Wikipedia page. Better take a sip. Does <laughs> yeah. he have a Wikipedia page? Yeah. Because of this film? <laughs> that's why I learned about it. Alright. You think I just fucking gave up that myself? Ah, oh, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> well, so far we have zero points between us. Yeah, I'm not getting gingerbread either.
0: Maybe a little bit,
1: actually. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Let's see what they're going for. Alright, what's your what's your number nine bottom film?
0: My number nine bottom film is the uh, twenty twenty incarnation of Rebecca.
1: Mmm. Bad film.
0: We made a meal of this film uh, a couple of episodes ago, so suffice to say, not very good. Mm. The nineteen forty one is better.
1: Well we'll, we'll have to.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I have
1: to. We'll talk about this a little bit later. I'll say. <laughs>
0: All right, so my trivia question associated with the 2020 incarnation of Rebecca is as follows. Wait, wait, really quick.
1: Really quick. Let's take a pause. Let's take a pause. Fine. If there's a chance we have the same trivia question, what's the part of show we both have to drink, right? Yes, we both have to drink. Okay. What's your question? Twice?
0: No, just one. Was it twice? Just one. No, just one. Kristen Scott Thomas made her feature film debut with which 1986 film?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I am. Um, mm, 1986 film.
0: I'm even. Uh, I'm feeling generous, so I'm happy to give you a hint. Oh, okay, give me a hint.
1: It's a film that
0: I like. <laughs>
1: That's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be some like fucking romantic comedy shit. <laughs> You're not far off the mark. <laughs> I don't really know any romantic comedies from 1986 though. That's such a long time ago. Um, I don't know, like a room with a view. That's not right.
0: Nope. It is under the cherry moon, directed by Prince. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that was her debut you film? Know? It was. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Yep. Ah, that's the so bad. The film listed first on my Letterboxd top four. <laughs> <laughs> That's why <laughs> my hint about the fact that I liked it was uh,
1: prescient. I mean, it wasn't helpful, but...
0: <laughs> Could have been.
1: All right. He i um, the I'm, I'm going to continue. Okay. My number nine is a film that I've included on this list, in part because it is so critically acclaimed. And this film, I thought, was not that great. It was, it was mediocre, let's say. Uh, and I found I think the fact that so many liberal film critics have embraced it is embarrassing and sad. And uh, proof that the critical establishment is diseased and should be destroyed. Which is a little film called David Byrne's American Utopia. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I really surprised uh, actually. Really? <laughs> I know you didn't like it, but like the fact that it's in your bottom ten I a surprise. L- literally all the other films that I watched are like it was like it was like eight films that I thought were absolutely terrible and then two ones that are like whatever, you know? Okay, yeah, fair enough. But I, I find the get out of the, the, the things that ever retained, retained from this are the shitty like music theater theater arrangements. And the uh, <laughs> shitty like get out the vote message. And you know what? I just don't care. You know, I'm fucking sick of liberals telling me to go vote. Fuck you. Voting doesn't change anything. Do our country fucking sucks, and uh, the only thing that's gonna change is just some real widespread uh, revolution. So f- fuck off, David Byrne. <laughs> go, go suck your own dick. Uh, that's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> okay, and I fucking it drives me fucking crazy that people are like, oh, it's such a it's such a humanist film. You know, this this fucking stage show. How much did tickets cost? It's like it's like a hundred and fifty dollars or some shit. What what fucking like. Liberal, like, jagging off is that only? Only the rich can afford to go to the show. Only people who like, cares about are the rich. Just fuck, fuck off, fuck you. <laughs> everyone who went to it is gonna vote anyway. It's fucking shit. All right, <laughs> anyway. Uh, didn't didn't care for this. Bad bad movie.
0: Everyone who went and everyone who has like an HBO Max subscription or whatever.
1: Yeah. A- anyone who watched this movie is not gonna be moved by your your <laughs> to go vote. <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> No, they're going to be moved by it, but it wouldn't have changed what they would have done anyway. Yeah, which is vote for Joe Biden. (laughs) Yeah. Fact of the matter is, even if you go vote, what what is being changed? You're changing one corporate machine, uh, you know, political party from this like slightly more socially liberal to the other one. Yeah, that's it. You're changing uh, Alec Baldwin for Jim Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey actually stepped
0: down, so... I know, and replaced by, like, one of the worst cast members on SNL. So, there you go. <laughs> is it one of those... Which is it one of the guys that we, like...
1: Is it one of the guys that we, like, absolutely hated?
0: Yes. One of the few. There's quite a few.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's definitely among well, There's, them. like... There's, like, one or two who we thought were, like, absolutely, like, the worst people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he might be one of them, but I can't
0: remember. Like, he... I definitely got contempt when I saw his face so i'm gonna look
1: it up real quick so i can join you anyway the the problem is is that the people who witnessed all the show are not you know they wouldn't vote for someone like bernie sanders right
2: hmm.
1: they vote for joe biden in the primaries even oh it, it wasn't the worst guy it is an annoying guy but it was, it's not the worst guy
2: yeah
1: okay whatever who cares all right uh <laughs> all right you ready for my trivia question for this Mm-hmm. Gonna, I'm gonna really butcher this name, so bear with me. Mario Raffosco was the musical director of the stage show upon which the film was based, and also somebody who frequently tours with Burn. Can you tell me which American band it was formerly recurdi- uh, recording and touring percussionist with Mario? Hmm.
0: <laughs> Mario. Uh, it's it's
1: M A U R O, so.
0: Oh, okay, right. So not I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be thinking
1: Italian. No, no. Or Nintendo. Or <laughs> Nintendo? <it tell>? Um. <laughs> hey, I'll give you a hit, because you were caught enough to give me a hit, even if it was totally useless. <laughs> okay, please. <laughs> All right. It's a band that I liked when I was a teenager. Um, my Chemical Romance? Ooh, nice try. Uh, the correct answer is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> oh, Fair enough. <laughs> So, Bob's bottom, up, bro. Mm, cheers. <laughs> do do mm. you think either of us are going to get a sequel trivia question right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your what's your number eight film?
0: My number eight film is the aforementioned on this podcast, Horse Girl. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about it that much. I barely remember it. Um, I remember it more than uh, Spencer Confidential, but I barely remember it nonetheless. Mm. So my trivia question associated with Horse Girl is: What <laughs> okay. is the title of the Project A Plus episode which featured Horse Girl?
1: <laughs> oh God, I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but a reasonable question given that you're the
1: co-host of this very podcast, would you not? I know agree? I'm like I've like looked at it several times and I do not remember this. I did have to look it up to write this question, so... Oh, so fuck
0: (laughs) off. What is it? Attack of the Clone. What is that in reference to? The fact that she's concerned that she's a clone throughout the entirety of Horse Girl. Like, that was the main... I I, I
1: completely erased this. Okay.
0: Go back and watch Horse Girl, then laugh at the title I came up with. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. all
1: right uh you ready for my number seven all right, right. my n- number eight my number eight either all right i'm ready for number... seven you can skip to seven <laughs> no no my number eight is <laughs> uh, <laughs> another film that uh I, it was it was definitely my number two film i forgot that i watched which is uh, Dee Reese's film, the last thing he wanted, <laughs> <laughs> which I remember absolutely nothing about, except for the weird Toby Jones role and the the end scene where she's like falling off a cliff, and then bit after the like sex and she's like had a uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, she said breast cancer surgery, just mm-hmm. for no reason. So, uh, there's like these weird like lingering Macectomy. shots of her. Yeah, <laughs> Mastectomy. <laughs> <Macectomy. laughs> Uh, I know, I was doing a joke there. Um, so, anyway, I don't really have anything else to say besides that, but I remember it just being really boring. So, All right, no- let's the eight. trivia. All right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> One of the producers of this film, because this is the first name of Cassian, I'm not going to tell you his last name because that would spoil the question as he shares his name with a moderately famous actor because he is his brother. Can you tell me which actor uh, with whom he shares he also shares a first initial and who is best known for starring in one of the most enduring fantasy films of the 1980s he is related to and subsequently reveal his last name to our audience Wow <laughs> Did you get all that? I could I can yeah, go back No, on. I've got find it.
0: So it starts with C And the actor Mm -hmm. is from a renowned fantasy film from the 80s. Fantasy, not sci-fi.
1: Yes, fantasy. Hmm. And all you have to do is guess the brother. What? Yeah. All all I have to do is guess the brother.
0: The brother, not the producer.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Because I already gave you the producer's last name, yeah. or the first name. So if you guess point, what the can... brother is, the surname is shared with the brother. So if you guess the brother, you'll okay. guess the, the whole All right. producer's name. All right.
0: I got it. I got it. I got it. Fuck. hell. Cameron Crowe.
1: <laughs> Cameron Crowe? That's a star. I know. <laughs> I don't know What I the guess fuck is it. this? Well, the answer is... The, the guy's name is... Cassian Elways. The brother is, of course, Carrie Elwes, the uh, princess bride. Okay. So, right. so, so drink up, motherfucker. Drinking up.
0: <laughs> Would not have guessed that, so I'm glad I didn't waste my time even trying. Uh, number seven for me. Jaxi, tell me what number seven is.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was the 2019 film for me, so... Okay. <laughs> Wait, you just, you just like see <laughs> What are you talking about? It's great. It's a great film.
0: But I, I didn't have many options, right? I had to fill this list out somehow. Anyway, there's an episode on it. Go back and listen to it if you want to hear us talk about our opinions of the film, which is great. Just to be clear, it's great. But Adam Devine, star of Jaxi, appears in the documentary Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics, portraying which famous TV chef?
1: Which famous TV chef? Can I I ask you a hint? You can ask. I might not answer. (laughs) All right, is it a modern TV chef or a a past TV chef?
0: (laughs) Um, No, I'm not answering that.
1: Hmm. Um, boarded Ramsay, I don't know. Nope. Uh.
0: It is, uh, our boy, Tony
1: Bourdain. Ah. <laughs> I was going to ask David Chang, but I don't know if the yellow face was on the, 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 the docket for Adam
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's Adam, Devine, Adam Devine's uh, specialty,
1: I believe. Alright, I'll, I'll take a step. God, remember Jexy? What a great film! <laughs> Everyone when goes to the Kid Cudi concert? <laughs> that's that's the only film that I've seen that feels like it was directed by the title character. <laughs> All right, are you ready for my uh, number? Uh, my number seven.
2: Mhm.
1: <laughs> my number seven is also in Project A Plus episode. So if you want my in-depth opinion, you can get there. Uh, it is. Hubie Halloween, a <laughs> uh, de- de- deathly unfunny film by uh, Adam Sandler. Um, and, uh, yep, that's about it. Are you, are you ready for my great trivia question? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cameron Boyce, a frequent Sid or collaborator, was set, to play, <laughs> was set to play Deli Mike Mundy, but unfortunately he passed away before shooting could begin. His role was recast with his Jesse co star and best friend, Karen Brar, who star- has a storied career in films, especially the Diary of a Wimpy Kid franchise. Can you tell me the Disney Plus original movie, which was released this year, that he starred in? No. <laughs> well, the answer is, of course, Stargirl. So we <laughs> because- go. <laughs> So no parsed. one's gonna get anything right in this episode. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet one of us gets one question right ah,
0: Fucking vile.
1: Why did you say ah. that? It
0: sounded terrible. And it is terrible. No. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. It's really bad.
1: Okay, it's tasting more turn. like
0: gingerbread the more I'm inebriated, actually. You know,
1: gingerbread does not taste that good, so. It doesn't
0: really. It really doesn't. It really doesn't.
1: This is, yeah, anyway, go ahead, go ahead. What's your number it's all like you eat gingerbread
0: and say, I wish this was a drink.
1: <laughs> What's all he, why would you do it ever eat gingerbread? It doesn't taste good. It is It's pretty bad in general. Um, so that's, it's, it's, it's cap, capturing the essence.
0: Uh, okay, my number six is uh, the last thing he wanted, which you've talked about and which we've both talked about on the episode in which it featured. Here's my trivia question. Following the last thing he wanted, D Reese directed two episodes of which 2020 quote unquote comedy series?
1: <laughs> the 2020 comedy series. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What does what, 2020 comedy series be? It's a series that uh, it, like was released in 2020? It's or a series it? that
0: premiered in 2020.
1: Oh, man. Comedy many series that premiered in twenty twenty? I honestly can't think of a single thing. I gotta have, I gotta have a guess though. Let's see. Ah, oh, can you tell me anything about it at all? It is
0: one of two similar comedy series that premiered this year.
1: <laughs> I really have not been paying attention. Is it? Was it acclaimed? No. <laughs> I don't know. Mixed drinks. I take a drink.
0: Uh, the series is space. Is space force? Spa-
1: oh, the um that, Steve Farrell show. Okay. Yeah. I, for- yes. I, I totally forgot that it existed. All right. Well, are you ready for my number six, Hugh? I am. Number six is a film that you've talked about already. As part of your uh uh, movies that I forgot that I watched. It is, of course, Spitzer <laughs> Confidential, a totally rancid uh, action quote-unquote comedy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that uh, has a hilarious final shot, but then two hours... Or not final shot. Final title card, let's say. And then two hours of total boring trash. Um, okay, are you ready for my great trivia question?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. <clears throat> The movie was based on a novel called Wonderland by the author, author Ace Adkins, which was an authorized continuation to the Spencer series, which was begun in 1973 by Robert B. Parker in the novel The God Wolf Manuscript. There's something slightly er- ironic about this fact, because Robert B. Parker was famously tasked with the completion of another famous crime writer's last unfinished novel. Can you tell me what this other uh, author's name was? And for a bonus point... What the name of the novel was when it was completed so a light crime writer mm-hmm.
0: it's not the mystery of Edward true was it
1: <laughs> was that your answer
0: yeah charles dickens <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, fucking, you know we have to genuinely try to answer these questions <laughs>
0: uh. I can't even think of a crime novelist who's dead, like Raymond Chandler. (laughs) You got it right. Good job. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yep. Um,
1: And I know you're not going to get the answer to the second question, so... um, No, I don't know the name of the novel that he didn't finish. The final uh, novel is called um, Poodle Springs, so...
0: Ah, I did know that, actually.
1: Wow, you should have uh, looked into your memory bank and come up with it genuinely. Instead of just I mean, I've heard of Poodle Springs. I didn't know it was necessarily
0: that it was, <laughs> it was his last work. Um, but well, is this does his last one. mean initially? I actually got
1: an answer right? Yeah, you did. But even though I should have taken the mystery of Edward, Ed- Edward Drood as your proper answer, but whatever.
0: Yeah, but you were nice because it's Christmas.
1: All right, I've taken a step. It's your turn.
0: Uh, what am I up to? Number five. Uh, my number five film is a film, again, that we featured on Project A Plus fairly recently, The Devil <laughs> All the Time. <laughs>
1: that film is not on my list.
0: Um, it is pretty funny, but it is also terrible. Here's my trivia question. <laughs> okay. Mia Wasikowska was born in which Australian city? <laughs>
1: um... Uh, Sydney.
0: No, the answer is Canberra. But I do have a bonus question.
1: Oh, okay, okay. What's the bonus question? If you can question?
0: guess which year she was born.
1: Um.
0: In which year she was born, in fact.
1: 1985.
0: No, nope, that would make her older than me. She's, in mm. fact, younger than me. Because she was born in 1989.
1: Well, yeah, guess I'll take a drink.
0: Mm. guess she will.
1: All right, my turn. Mm hmm. My number four is the aforementioned Rebecca remake, which you do not <laughs> need to go into detail because we talked about it that week and you already talked about it. Okay, are you ready for my trivia question? Mm hmm. Hatfield House was one of the manors that served as a shooting location for the film's attempt to bring Mandarinite into the real world. <laughs> As with many such estates, it is a story, career, in movies. Can you tell me which 1980s blockbuster and its 1990s sequel were shot on the grounds? And I have a bonus point, too, for this one.
0: Wow, 1980s blockbuster, which, which has a 1990s, 1990s sequel. Hmm. Man, I'm no good at trivia. I'm really not. Um, I'm trying to even think of a blockbuster that features an estate like that. <laughs> All I can think of is the Beethoven franchise from the 90s.
1: Uh, Scarface? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Does this have a 1990s sequel? That there's a mansion. <laughs> is that your, that's your answer? Yes, that's my answer. I okay, well, answer. the actual correct answer is really obviously Batman. <laughs> ah, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that
0: for whatever reason.
1: And also the sequel Batman Returns. Now for the bonus point. Can you tell me
0: <laughs> I gotta drink anyway first.
1: Okay, I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink up, drink up. Ugh. The the bonus points are only negative Ugh. if the person gets it right. Let's agree on that. Yeah. So if you get this right, I have to take a drink. If you if you get it wrong, then no one takes a drink.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Alright. Can you tell me either which video game adaptation? Or which one of your favorite television shows has used it as a location? My favorite television shows.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a video game or one of my favorite television shows has used it as a location. Which, which video game
1: adaptation or which one of your favorite television shows has used it as has used it as a location? I'm sure
0: there's a Batman Returns. I mean, a Batman original video game, right?
1: That counts. That answers your question. <laughs> does not technically, count. No, that does not count. I'm not asking count. you. I'm, I'm saying a video game adaptation of a film adaptation of a video game.
0: Oh, a film adaptation of a video game.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I should I should have been more specific. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, is it one of the Resident Evil films?
1: It is not. It used in the Lara Croft franchise. And which one of your favorite TV shows was shot was shot a scene there? Or uh, I don't know an episode there? there. Is MasterChef Australia? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would know. Would not have guessed that. But it is one of your uh, favorite TV shows. Of course. All right. And what's your number? Um, what number are we on four?
0: Four. Um, my number four is the trial of the Chicago Seven, also featured on a recent Project A plus episode. So that's the right. that's the answer oh, to my number is- four. Uh-huh. What's your trivia question? My trivia question is In which year did Aaron Sorkin begin using cocaine? <laughs> How could you just interpret this? That's on his Wikipedia page No,
1: I have no idea 1988
0: Very close 1987 <laughs> God damn it God damn it so For close. a bonus point
1: Oh okay But I'm going to trick first All right According to
0: Sorkin, he finally kicked his cocaine habit in which year? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand
1: one. Ah, I don't buy that.
0: Again, I stress according to Sorkin.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, uh, I've got a shock for you. Which is the trial of Chicago Seven is by number three. Ah, there we go. Yep, a very shitty film. I don't know why I said anything positive about it during our episode. Because <laughs> it's funny. So <laughs> All right, here's my trivia question. Daniel Pemberton provided the film with its original score. Can you tell me which Project A Plus film and one of your favorite films of last year he also did the original music for?
0: I'm trying to remember my last year's list, even. <laughs> oh, God, I cannot. <laughs> give me a film from last year that you liked. I can't even think of that. Like, that's how bad I am at like being put on the spot with trivia. It's like, I can't think of a film I liked last year that came out last year.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty good at trivia. Um,
0: no, I don't, I don't remember anything from last year. <laughs>
1: I give up. Oh gosh, I'm not even going to Give me a film. <laughs> a film from 2019. <laughs> yeah.
2: You're going to be so
1: embarrassed when I tell you what the answer is. I know. <laughs> no, I don't have anything. <laughs> it's this drink. All right. Well, you I'm sorry to tell you that the answer is <clears throat> yesterday. Oh, my oh trouble. See, would so not have guessed far that. Wait, you drink up.
0: <laughs> I don't feel so bad cuz I wouldn't have guessed that.
1: <laughs> but what was would you hear from last year
0: I mean, it was a solid three and a half. It wasn't one
1: of <laughs> was on, it was on your. It was ten. on your top ten.
0: <laughs> it wasn't in my top ten, was it? Or it was? was it? it probably
1: was. It probably
0: was in the lower. lower I listened, to, I listened list. to this recently. <laughs> okay, alright.
1: Alright, um. You were, uh, I asked for a bonus point. Are you ready? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: sir. The trial of the Chicago 7 is littered with Project A Plus alums. For a bonus point, can you tell me. Which Project A-plus film cinematographer so talking for a Fade and Papa Michelle shot? There's <laughs> no penalty, so I don't understand why you're freaking out.
0: <laughs> just give me a it's Project like a+ as soon as the question finishes, my mind is a void. <laughs> just give me a Project A-plus film.
1: Plus girl. <laughs> <laughs> nope the correct answer is this is 40 <laughs> alright
0: fine alright my number 3 <laughs> remember Spencer Confidential <laughs> I do <laughs> well in that case you should be able to tell me who directed it what do you know? Peter <laughs> ok you win <laughs>
1: Was that your trivia question? that's my question <laughs> really yes that's a lame alright we'll drink up we're tied right now, now. alright I get to drink
0: Ugh. I didn't realize the um, easy questions meant I had to drink or I would have made them harder <laughs> yeah
1: alright All right, ready alright my number two film is breaking with almost every other film for this list it's not a plus film it's an anime film that I think embodies the worst trends of anime in the present day. Overly sentimental, filled with shitty fucking musical sequences, cloying, weirdly sexualizing teenagers. It just fucking sucks. This is a film called Weathering With You. A noxious, total piece of trash, which is a present on many top ten lists, I'll say. All right. Mm. Now, I was struggling to find out a couple of the questions related to this film that you could actually answer. <laughs> but I think, I think I came up with one. Okay, ready? <laughs> This film features several sequences set in a fast food restaurant. Can you tell me which chain serves as a major meeting place and source of employment in the film? KFC. Ooh, you are <laughs> wrong. The answer is McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> it's a drink up. Because
0: KFC would have been the Christmas choice for Japan, I guess.
1: Hmm, that's true. Mm. And KFC is popular in Japan. Christmas in particular, lots of place, yeah, lots it's of places. It's a traditional Christmas
0: dish, traditional Actually, Christmas we, dinner.
1: Weirdly, in um, Germany, the, one of the only uh, like American fast food restaurants besides McDonald's that I saw was KFC. Hmm. So, very strange. You it's know, I think weird we in
0: Japan have... in particular because they have to like book in advance to get like the chicken bucket available on Christmas Day.
1: So. That's pretty funny. All right, I think I think we might have to say number one, but we'll we'll see.
0: I think so. <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, what be. are we up to? Number two. Number two, right? Mm-hmm. My number two is I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I guess that's your number one. <laughs> you Guess correctly. <laughs> totally
1: Watch is the no.
0: name of the author who wrote the novel. Ian Reid. This drink film up, is motherfucker. Base. Fuck you. <laughs> you forget that it I work at a book You two easy store. questions in a row.
1: I, I thought like I was being a, nice. I gave you an easy question. Uh, my question was, name a fast food restaurant and you came up with KFC and not the obvious choice is McDonald's. <laughs>
0: well, it doesn't have to be the obvious choice. It was an easy question. You didn't say name the most obvious fast food <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> you said name which one this was related.
1: you to forget it. that I have to I have to walk past anyway, this go. this fucker's book every day. Number one, I'm thinking of anything. <laughs> number one, I'm thinking of anything. It's a wretched film. I think you'll agree with me. Yep. Which which I think propelled me to put it at number one, especially because of how critically acclaimed it is. Alright. <laughs> right, are you ready for this? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is this is a pretty hard question. Maybe it's not, I don't know. <laughs> This has been a mostly forgotten chapter of Charlie Kaufman's career, but he emerged from the drudgery of 1990s network sitcoms, including a now totally forgotten show called Ned and Stacy. Can you tell me which future Oscar nominee and supervillain plays the titular Ned? And while you think about that uh, question, I'm going to go get another glass of water. Um, I'm going to get his name wrong, but I know who it is. Well, give me a second.
0: So, the name I'm going to say is like a weird 34 year old person's, like, messed up memories version of this person's actual name. And it's not correct, but enough of it will be close that you'll know what I mean. Well, that doesn't and, count. Uh, in the spirit yep, of the yep, season, yep, you should yep yep get the answer
1: anyway. <laughs> no, no, it has to be exactly correct. Or <laughs> it doesn't count.
0: It's like Thomas Hayden Church or some shit. Oh,
1: well, that's, that's what it is. Really? Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church is that, is that fellow's name.
0: Fucking, I can't believe that was right. <laughs> it sounds wrong in my head. I'm like, that's the name that's popped into my well, head. I'm
1: going to take a, I've got to take a sip. Who
0: played Sandman, of course. <laughs> as well as
1: Ned. Well, um, Yep, that's that's why I said Future of Supervalon. Does that mean we're even still? No, I've got one more on you.
0: To you though?
1: Yeah, I do. I thought you only got two, and I've got two. No, I got three. I got the last one, Ian Reed.
0: Yeah, but you got the. You've only got two, Peter Berg and Ian Reed. What was the other question you got right?
1: Uh, I don't remember, what I, I don't got one right. Or, or your other question? <laughs> I don't think you did. I think I did.
0: No, because the last two questions were Ian Reed Peter Berg. Before that, it was when did Aaron Salkin kick cocaine, which we got wrong. Okay, let's let's get when on. When was and born? Well, where was she born? You got wrong. Space Force, you got wrong. No, you haven't got any other rights. Okay, maybe, maybe, to... maybe
1: we're tied. Maybe we're tied. We're tied. Fine, fine. All right, well, now I can know what, I know what your number one is. But I couldn't quit, quit it because it was not a 2020 film in the States. So,
0: Okay, so what was it? Jane's Out of Poverty Food. That's the one. It's <laughs> absolutely Once again, refer legally... to the Project Plus episode for more <laughs> detail.
1: <laughs> awful film.
0: Okay, so the director of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, or the Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, or whichever you prefer, Kevin Smith, posted a notorious tweet, which he later attributed to his wife. And I would (laughs) like you, Hunter, to fill in the blanks. (laughs) Ten years in, and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. Mm. A decade plus, and her blank slash blank slash blank hyphen blank Still pones my dick. <laughs>
1: That's so many blanks. Uh, I did that brown slash taint area, taint slash brown area. I don't, I don't remember what the next. Okay, one you is. need to
0: fill in four
1: blanks. <laughs> four okay. fucking blanks. I don't. I don't know what the third one is.
0: You were. You got the. You got the. You got the last three words correct. Okay, I'll tell you that. The last three words are yeah, brown. You have to give me points.
1: It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Christmas. It's, it's Christmas. You have to give me you have to give me Brown
0: slash taint area, taint hyphen area is the last three blanks of that quote.
1: I have to give you four fucking blanks. That's, a, that's crazy.
0: But I'm giving you a chance here, right? I'm helping <laughs> you out. I'm saying that's correct. You just need to think of one more thing that preceded those three words. refers to a body part
1: I don't know or pussy pussy is that what you want to hear clit I'm sorry I gave you a good chance I gave you hints I pushed you in the right direction what a bullshit question can I have to drink I'll I'll drink but it's it's bullshit right, and that's our bottom ten films of the year it's our bottom ten what a bunch of shit am I right that's right All right, now we're going to move on to our special award, our award that we each come up with individually. Mm-hmm. The FJ Award. Do you want to do yours first or do you want me to do mine?
0: I'll do mine first. All right. Okay, so you haven't seen this film, I don't think. Mm. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't care.
1: (laughs) I don't care either.
0: My special award is... For the least surprising stepping on a landmine sequence. (laughs) Is it to five (laughs) floods? To five floods it
2: is.
1: (laughs) Nice. And what is your special award? award? I also think this is a film you have not seen. The award for performance that is objectively bad, but incredibly enjoyable, and which reminded me of both Harvey Weinstein and seemed like it's... Filmmaker's attempt to give the film a little bit of Russiagate flair goes to... Can you guess what film? <laughs> what actor? <laughs> it goes to Kenneth Brada in Tenet. <laughs> Thank you. Please, uh... <laughs> please, uh... Um, you know, get in touch with us so we can mail you your special awards <laughs> respectively. <for second place. laughs> right. Alright. Now you ready to get, get negative again before we, uh rise to the uh, austere heights of uh, our top 10s Mm-hmm. And our five regrets? Okay, we're going to talk about five films that were critically acclaimed, or box office-ly acclaimed, which I guess weren't too many films this year, that we just couldn't give less of a fuck about. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some of these, uh, you know, maybe some favorites of some people, but it just seemed like they were boring. Or pretentious, or we just didn't care. Now, uh, I guess I'll go first because you did the last award. Yeah. Are you ready for my first uh, Don't Give a Fuck? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My first Give a Fuck, and the film that I gave the least amount of fucks about this year, is Chloe Zhao's Nomadland, which just sounds like a bunch of indie film garbage. (sighs) You want to know what my first film
0: is as well? No idea. Nomadland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was going to suggest that maybe our lists uh, are the same list, but uh, you know what? This one is a film that you've actually seen. This mm. next one, it is the uh, Adam Sandberg, uh, cop romantic comedy. Uh, Groundhog Day rip Palm Springs Which looked like it was terrible <laughs> I don't understand why I was critically acclaimed Me either, having seen it <laughs> <laughs> Alright <laughs> What's your next one?
0: I'm going to shit on my countryman here But it's Lee Whannell's The Invisible Man <laughs>
1: uh, Maybe a film we'll talk about later <laughs> mm. And I'm going to shame My not country man here oh, I guess I'll shame one of my countrymen here and talk about uh, Paul Greengrass's and Tom Hanks's News of the World. <laughs> 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 Which, you know, fuck fuck Tom Hanks. This movie looked like absolute trash. I don't even know if it's critically equated, but <laughs> 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 it sounded terrible, so... Just those combination of names uh,
0: and a film I haven't heard of makes me not want to watch that film, so fair enough. Exactly. Good choice. Exactly.
2: Uh,
0: my next choice is a film that I had to look up to discover <laughs> that I didn't want to see it. And that film is Sorry We Missed You by Ken Loach. <laughs> I kind of wanted to watch that, actually. The Poor Man's Mike Lee of Poor Man's British Cinema.
1: My next one is also a British film. It is the domestic drama, uh, which I also don't come to, to put on this list because I didn't know it existed until I made this, which is called uh, The Nest, directed by Martha Marcy May Marlene's Sean Durkin and starring um, Carrie Coon and Jude Law. It sounds really boring. I don't understand why people like it. <laughs> Uh, the next film I have for this
0: list is a film that you've already talked about on this very podcast, and it is rem- American Utopia. <laughs> I don't buy that, but now I'm curious to watch it, um, but for more perverse reasons. But I also, <laughs> up until this point, couldn't be bothered about. I was, I will say. So for a long, a long stretch of 2020, I couldn't be bothered about. But um, now I kind of perversely want to watch it. So. Mm. Make it that way you
1: will. My last Don't Give a Fuck award goes to another indie drama called Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which is apparently about <laughs> it or something. And, you I know, almost I, <laughs> chose that, actually. <laughs> I, I had something else, but figured I would just go with my heart. And you know what? I just... Honestly, it just sounds like you know, stuff like limb shit, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> not that abortion... And you're a braver man than I. I was like, maybe I shouldn't uh, include <laughs> not, that not one. That, that sounds, that sounds look, worthy. Look, 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 uh, listen <laughs> to me. Not that a- abortion rights in this country are constantly under attack and are very important. I'm, I'm not going to deny that, but this movie does not, not that interesting. I'm sorry to say sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh My last choice is um, City Hall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought about what he met, I thought about putting that on the list too, so... I'm glad that our minds are in the same place. All right, uh, now we turn um, from hell to heaven. We're talking about five regrets that we have, five films that we yes. wish we had watched from twenty twenty to add to our, uh, you know, whatever list we would have added them to.
0: Mm-hmm. All right,
1: uh, you want to go ahead because I started the last one.
0: <laughs> uh, my the first film on on the list that uh, more than any other films on this list jumped out of me as one that I actually wanted to see. Uh, is mm-hmm. uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's to the ends of the earth. <laughs> we didn't hear something funny?
1: Uh, yeah. that's also my first one. So There you go. <laughs> you know, I thought about watching it, but I decided to prioritize another film instead of it. So sorry she to say not could could not take good time to, to finish watching it. But it sounded really good. And I yeah, wish I had been able to watch to it. Me. Yeah. I really like Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Um the next film is a film that
0: you've seen and reported mm-hmm. is as uh ridiculous and fun as uh, i've sensed and that film is tenant
1: <laughs> i really wish you had watched that for this podcast honestly yeah uh what's uh, your next choice my film my next one is actually not one film but a series of film which is the other films of the small axe anthology series which unfortunately i did not have time to watch um, i really um, enjoyed the Steve first McQueen one thing Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the first film, but unfortunately, I just did not have time to watch the other four. Fair enough. My next film is a film that could have
0: appeared on the previous list we just counted down, funnily (laughs) enough. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
0: But what tipped the scales and uh, bumped it into this particular list is the fact that it seems to be named, as far as I'm aware... After a drive by trucker's song. And I quite like that band. Unless they're both quoting something um, and I'm not aware of uh, the source. That mm-hmm. film is Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. Mm, I kind of want to. See which is like that. a documentary about the day in the life of a bar, which doesn't sound that interesting, but again,
1: well, it's nostalgic. Is, is that a real documentary? Is it not I mean, a real do documentary? You know, is yeah, it all it, recreations? Yeah, it's all recreation, but with like actual participants i think or something like that
0: all oh, right okay i didn't know that definitely
1: made sound more interesting fair enough there um, you go yeah I, I also wanted to watch that but doubt it on this list all right my number three is a film that i, I don't even know if it's been officially released <laughs> anywhere yet but i am going to include it on this list anyway because i really want to watch it <laughs> which is abel ferrara's film siberia <laughs> which mm. is apparently just uh a film about Willem Dafoe going into psychic trances and wandering around various <laughs> landscapes, which sounds like the perfect film to me. I don't know about you. Sounds good. Yep. I still haven't and seen an
0: Abel Ferrara film, but I, I really have to start at some point.
1: I, I think he's a real great filmmaker, and uh, I wish I had been able to find a copy of this to watch before this list. So.
0: My next film is a film that you spoke about on the bonus features segment of the last episode of this podcast. Mm. That film is... She Dies Tomorrow mm. by Mrs. Shane Coor <laughs> sorry oh, uh, um, by so Amy, Amy Simons
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh, which
0: next... sounded, sounded interesting to me <laughs> Enough to My next film uh,
1: was a film that in, in a possible iteration of this list uh, made a, a couple of weeks ago would not have appeared it may have appeared in a top 5 don't give a fuck but it has become sufficiently uh, criticized by mainstream critics and sufficiently praised by people that I like to warrant my interest, which is Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks. Mm. Mmm. Which, uh, you know what, I'll I'll probably watch it at some point. So, sounds good. Alright, what's your uh, final uh, regret?
0: Okay, well, by this point in the list, I was really, uh, grasping (laughs) straws. (laughs) And, um, by default, I guess um, my last regret is First Cow.
1: Mmm. I, I watched that.
0: I, I think I saw the star rating you gave it, and I was like, well, if you liked it, maybe it's pretty good. So. <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about it later.
1: We'll see. All right. Um, my last regret is Chris Petzold's film uh, Undy. Um, I really like Kristen Petzold. What I really thought is his film from last year, Transit, was, a, a excellent piece of cinema. And I think his film, I didn't yes, even know he a had a new film. Out. Yeah, he, he does. It's called, uh, Undine or Undine. I, I don't, know how to say it. I'm, I'm am I'm, I'm a moron. Um, but this seems to be a bit of a break from those last two films, which are very much considered, like, <laughs> I think pretty explicitly the rise of far right nationalism in Europe. Um, it seems to be kind of a weird fairy tale movie. But you know what? Uh, I liked Phoenix and Transit enough that I am down to watch this. So. You gotta uh, watch it at some point. Alright, now it's time for the uh, main um, show, I think. Unless you have any other business you wanna take care of. Have you finished your drink? Uh, not yet. I only have a little bit left.
0: I have, I just finished it. <clears throat> Maybe I should replace it with champagne or something. Ugh.
1: Yeah, go, go get your bottle of champagne. All right. Are you fucking ready for the main event here, bro? Yeah, boy. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Yes, please. All right. My number 10 best film of the year 2020 is. Can you guess? No. Can you guess? I cannot. Can you guess? No. Can you guess? No. Alright. <laughs> it is Mank. No. Uh, no, no double dipping on my list. It is a film that I assume you never would have thought would end up on this list. But it is. Uh, who the fuck directed this, this piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> it is the best. Film... Peter Banner? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Peter did already answered that trivial question. I can't believe you. You thought I would know that. That's such an obvious question. He's directed like fifteen Mark Mark Wahlberg movies. I know, but I was like, I was hoping
0: you were like me and you would have forgotten his name. No way. I would have if you asked me the same question.
1: No way. Did you know he was an actor before he was a director? Yes. Uh, he, he has a very like cocky energy. I think when you look at it, like photos of him. All right. um, My number ten is Ben Affleck's film, *The Way Back*. (laughs) (laughs) Film that, you know what? It's a a bad film. I'll go on record to say that. But you know, when we talk about the experience of watching movies, we're not just talking about the films themselves, right? We're talking about the memories (laughs) that they create. And uh, we're talking about the
0: theater. We're talking about the popcorn.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And this was the popcorn was uh, good. The last film that I saw in theaters before the coronavirus epidemic destroyed the, the theater going in the United States. The what?
0: Say what? <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Um, and you know what? I had a great time with my friends. Uh, I had an absolutely magical experience So i had this shitty movie. There's one great um, part that I recounted in detail on the podcast, but I'll recount here. Where Ugh. Ben Affleck has his monologue about how alcoholism has destroyed his life, and then in a silent moment in the monologue, uh, someone in the audience decided to open up a can of something, which is extremely <laughs> funny. And uh, you know what? I will cherish the experience of watching The Way Back for the rest of my life. And I think that uh, that that one uh, <laughs> that's that place on this list. That's so my number ten. Well, best song of the year. I think so that best...
0: warrants a sip of champagne. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.
1: Mm. Ah. Are you you ready for a uh, trivia question? Yes, please. (laughs) You're never breaking this? All right. The film went through a number of titles pre, during, and post-production.
0: I don't even remember the actual title. (laughs) The
1: way (laughs) back. You said it like 30 seconds ago. The way back. That doesn't matter. All right. One of the titles it went through references... One of a certain horror writer's most famous creations. Can you name this original title? <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> you got the uh, author right, but the I correct know, it's, I was, The author right. <laughs> the, the correct answer I was looking for was Torrance. So. <laughs> was what? T- Torrance.
0: Ah, oh, Torrance,
1: right. Yeah, which I was going to say course, The Shining said Jack Torrance. No, yeah. So, yeah, The Shining would have been better because it's a book about alcoholism. You would have been mm. close. <laughs> All right, well, uh, drink but up. It is drink, funnier, you must admit. <laughs> drink, drink up, drink up you, you piece of shit.
0: Oh, shit, I have to drink that shitty shit.
1: All right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So, so rip it up.
0: Oh, that's... Oh, God.
1: What are I going to do treat. with the fucking bottle of, of this garbage? Yeah, I don't know stuff. what I'm going to do with
0: the bottle either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just fucking throw it away without drinking jacket. All right, what's what's your number 10 film of the year, bro?
0: My number 10 is uh, actually the number 10 film on my bottom 10 <laughs> also.
1: <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit. Do you remember what that was? <laughs> no, <laughs> The Princess Switch switched the, again. The Princess Switch
0: switched again, yes. Uh, so I do remember what it was. Ready for the trivia question? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The co-writer of the film, Uh Robin Bernheim, Uh was a writer and supervising creative consultant on which science fiction television series? And I'll give you a bonus hint. Mm. The end credits theme song was written by Warren (laughs) Zevon.
1: Um... Which science fiction TV series? Yes. Where is Yvonne? Uh, I'm just going to say... Hey, do like I hit Fars- typing? No, I mean, I'm just going to say fucking Farscape. I don't know.
0: No, it is, of course, Tech War. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes.
1: That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Man, after we finish with all, all of our Star Wars bullshit, we should watch Tech War. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm picking this up. Alright, my number nine film, and you know what? Except for the way back, I actually liked all of the rest of the nine t- the of my films. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a wet up on you, motherfucker. Alright, my number nine film is David Lynch's short film, which was produced in 2017, but released to the public in 2020 called What Did Jack Do? Uh, very you funny. You
0: short films. What's the, yep. what's the deal? I
1: I can include whatever I want. There's no rules. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a very funny, strange little movie that I appreciated greatly in this murky, dull year. So, that's what did Jack do? Are you ready for my trivia question?
0: You know, I thought about watching that that short film for about twenty minutes, and uh, now I now I'm never gonna watch it.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Along with Lynch and Tutatobon, the capuchin monkey, this film features Emily Stolf, who plays a waitress. Can you tell me how she relates to one of the other cast members?
0: I don't know. She's the monkey's zookeeper.
1: (laughs) No. Unfortunately, she is David Lynch's wife.
0: (laughs) That's what I meant. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Get answered a, a, a sound effect from *Buried uh, with Children* in there. <laughs> All right, drink up, drink up. <laughs> All right, drink up, you, 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 oh, you, Australian bastard. Oh fucking hell! We're almost done with it.
2: Oh god!
1: All right. <laughs> Come on, come on. What's your what's right. your number nine film? <laughs> <laughs> what's, my what's number wrong? nine
0: film is the number nine film on my bottom ten. Also, Rebecca.
1: <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't Just, it? No. <laughs> Should it be the other way around? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought it would be funny if they were in the exact same position. <laughs> Whatever, who cares? That's what I, that's what I did yesterday.
1: <laughs> all right. What's, what's your... What's your, You finished what's my trivia question? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you your, ready? The third, ready? The, Concentrate the, the, here. The third, the third Rebecca trivia Concentrate. question we
0: all right, Concentrate. all
1: right, I'm ready. I'm ready. In what year...
0: Did Lily James's father <laughs> die of cancer?
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? What a bunch of bullshit. You know, all, all of my questions have been answerable. This is like the main detail on a Wikipedia page. It's the
0: reason why she's called Lily James
1: in um, Hollywood. I'm going to say... Uh, 2000. We're just gonna give it a straight 2000.
0: 2008, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Why was he so offended that there's a black president that he died? Yes. uh, Okay, why is this- And, uh, she wanted to honor him
0: by changing her surname.
1: Okay, well, I guess I'll take a sip. vile.
0: I don't want to take another sip. I want to get this question right.
1: <laughs> I don't want to take a sip. I want to get this question right.
0: Let alone take eight more sips or whatever it is. <laughs>
1: well, you better get ready for this. <laughs> you better get your tricky... I think you're going to get... Okay, I I, can, I, I think you're going to get one of my questions right. If I had to guess, based on the that, right now. Alright. Alright. <clears throat> My number eight is the film that you talked about as not caring about watching, which is the Invisible Man. Your countryman, ah. and what else? Uh, very fun and um, thrilling little uh, horror movie that I, I quite enjoyed a, a bit. Yeah, you know what? It's just a, it's just a good time at the movies. And uh, you ready for the trivia question? <laughs> yeah, I think you might get this. The production of this movie was uh, was one that also survived numerous iterations in cast and creative turnovers. Can you tell me which superstar was originally attached to play the tissue or man who was invisible?
0: Hmm. Superstar you say? I do. Tom Cruise
1: Oh, you fucking moron. Of course Tom Cruise wouldn't play the Invisible Man. He was already playing... He was already in The Mummy. It was just part of the same universe in this. Ah, uh. it's, it's too late. Uh, uh, Their the correct answer is Johnny Depp, so trick uh, up.
0: Oh, fucking hell.
1: <laughs> Give all yourself to blame.
0: <laughs> oh. <Oof>. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i hope my
1: that vomit bad. doesn't taste like that <laughs> it's not that bad it why are you drinking so much it. just take a little sip bro come on i took the
0: i took like a nothing <laughs> sip it's just like bringing it to my nose is like really off-putting
1: you're gonna fucking throw up fucking grow up stop being, stop being a child
0: no i don't care about throwing up like i care about just tasting it all right come on come on let's let's get fucking through it Okay, apparently my next film is <laughs>
1: Holidate. <laughs> Didn't you think that film was terrible? It is terrible. <laughs> Why is it on your list then? I don't know. <laughs> right, well, do you have a uh, trivia question?
0: Apparently I do. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, which famous San Franciscan hip hop producer composed the soundtrack to Holiday?
1: Um, hip hop producer, you say? I do say. Oh, man, what's that guy's name? Oh, my God. San I think Frans- you've got it. You know him. You're gonna do kick I? yourself. Um, I don't know. John Legend? Dan the Automator. Uh, I do know him. <laughs> Mostly because of that uh, other band he made, which references uh, Get a Wife.
0: And the other film we watched for Project A+, um, Will You Be My Maybe.
1: Mm.
0: I think he oh, right, that. Oh, that's right, because
1: he did the uh, like shitty rap songs. Yeah. All right. Ready for my next one? I am. All right, my number seven is Randage. Yeah, I did. My number seven is Miranda July's Kajillionaire.
0: Kajillionaire.
1: Kajillionaire. Um You know, I I, I think uh, Miranda July's uh, first film. Uh, oh, what's it even called? I can't even remember. <laughs> you and everyone you know. Yeah, is uh, absolutely terrible. I think it's. One you of and, the and worst me and film. everyone
0: you know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's 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 you and me and everyone you know. Everyone mm. I know.
0: You and me and everyone I
1: know. You and me and everyone we know.
0: You and me and everyone we know.
1: Um. Anyway, I think this movie. I think uh, you and me and everyone we know is is terrible. It's one of the. It's one of the like, least favorite films that I've seen. Um. But I quite enjoyed her her uh, film previous to this, which is called The Future, which is just about a relationship disintegrating, um, and the sort of twee aspects of it. Uh, feel like kind of a, a poor cover from the uh, emotional black hole that is the center. Um, so I was moderately excited for this film. And uh, the first 15 minutes or so I thought were uh, ex- almost excruciating in their a- abject sweetness. But it similarly has a melancholic spirit um, that I-, I quite vibed with. Uh, and I think this is an enjoyable and uh, pretty amusing film. So that's Kajillionaire. All right. What have you got for your... Oh, I guess i got to give you my my fucking shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready for my uh, trivia question? Mm-hmm. Kajillionaire was partially produced by Brad Pitt's production company, Plan B. Can you tell me either of the movies they had a hand in? Either of the other movies they had a hand in in 2020. Mike? <laughs> oh, you're incorrect. The answer the correct answer is a uh, John Stewart's political satire, <laughs> irresistible, and also uh Minari. So, drink up.
0: oh fucking hell.
1: He's gonna get better at trivia, bro. Why would you just go with Mank? Uh,
0: because Mank is my next <laughs> film. <laughs>
1: this is such a sad list. I know. What, what about Mank makes it your number... Uh, <laughs> what is it? Seven of the year.
0: Yeah. Great film. <laughs> I'm giving you some easy ones here. What is yep. Orson Welles' full birth name?
1: oh man I have no idea <laughs> you fucking idiot <laughs> I've even tweeted this
0: I've tweeted this <laughs>
1: I don't follow your Twitter account
0: you give up or you gotta guess I give up it's George Orson Wills mm. here's can your I bonus take, point I'll
1: take a sip can you
0: name the city in which he was born
1: uh, Kadosha, Wisconsin Correct. Yeah, what does that mean? That means you drink I your piece drink? of shit. Oh, yeah.
0: That's the point of that's this bonus question.
1: That's not the point of the bonus question. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go next. Piece of shit. Well, I can't believe you, did not, you didn't think I'd know that. Well, you didn't know his fucking name. <laughs> but I knew his... I knew You didn't word. know his fucking name! <laughs> all right the next film is a film you already talked about as uh regretting that you didn't watch which is she dies tomorrow which has a great mood yeah very okay. fun sad stuff well, i talked about it the last episode who cares all right Are you ready for my trivia question
0: yes please
1: all right kate shane her abusive ex-boyfriend nope. that's not what, that's not the answer <laughs> it's only for the question to be done that's not the right answer though. i'm gonna give you a, a, a Boy, <laughs> I could give you a pass for that one. What is the best film she's been involved with? I've seen no. No, Let me finish. Caitlin Jay <coughs> Jane Addams, Katucker Adderley, Chris Masita, Tunde uh, Adatimbe, Aditim, uh, Jennifer Kim, Olivia Taylor, Dudley, Michelle Rodriguez, Josh Lucas, and Adam Wincard. That All witnesses like who have
0: need- attested to Shane Caruso Breeze. Let me
1: finish. Let me finish. That may seem like a, a meaningless list of names, but it's actually the cast of She-Dies Tomorrow. Can you tell me which one of these glittery stars worked with Woody Allen?
0: Amy Simons.
1: Ooh, you are wrong. The correct answer is Christmas Messina. <laughs> right, I've got a bonus point here for you. Can you tell have me drink? what... Yeah, you have to drink it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but if you get this bonus point right, then I have to drink. Uh, uh, you know, what, I just realized, I, I think I skipped one of my uh, bottom, my I bottom thin. This doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, are you ready for the bonus, bonus question? Yeah. Can you tell me what Woody Allen film they worked on together? Blue Jasmine. You're incorrect. The correct answer is Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Good. You ready for so our next w- film? <laughs> yep. yep. Palm
0: <laughs> Fucking Springs. <laughs> A
1: terrible movie. Terrible movie.
0: I agree. <laughs> what percentage does Palm Springs currently hold on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Critical um, percentage that is. I'm gonna guess.
0: Uh, eighty-nine. Ninety-four mm. well, percent. Take that's a drink, bullshit. my friend. That's a bullshit question. <laughs> Take a fucking drink.
1: All right, done. Okay, you ready for my next one? I am ready. All right. My number five is a film that, uh, again, is is a film that was featured in your regrets. Are you ready? I'm ready. It is Christopher Nolan's the sublimely stupid Tenet. 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 A uh, extremely enjoyable movie that is dumb and fun. Full of cum. Yep. Dumb for cum. Lost the name of my punk band. Are you ready for my trivia question? Yes, please. Alright. <laughs> As with all of Nolan's recent films, Voight Van Hotema did the cinematography for Tenet. He has quite the career, which includes lending a film that we did an entire episode on. It's a product A-plus film. Can you tell me what film this is? And before you answer, I have to look it up because I have forgotten the answer to this question. <laughs> I'm not going to get it right, so who fucking cares what you look up? <laughs> why, why don't you just fucking try? Why are you so bad at this? I don't understand.
0: You don't know better. <laughs>
1: That's not true. It's I win. It's true. We're both at this. Great, what's what's your answer? Um
0: what was the question again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hoyt Bad Hotima directed a Product A Plus film. Can you tell us, can you tell me what film he or sorry, he did not direct it. He also he, shot he a shot, product. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a product A plus film. Can you tell me what Product A Plus film he shot? The last
0: thing he wanted.
1: Ooh, no, the correct answer is Ad Astra.
0: Huh. That would have been you get better guess. Huh?
2: Alright, <laughs> fuck this shit.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Why are you so bad at this? Ugh. We're even still, right? I, I have no idea at this point.
0: Yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I have a bonus thing right here. I, I just got to interject. I have to keep my bottom five from the year, which I totally skipped over for whatever reason. Oh, God. What is it? It is Operation Christmas Drop. Yes. <laughs> Are you ready for my trivia question? Yes. <laughs> Why do you sound so, so disheartened? You agreed no. to the rules here. You know what's going to happen. You, you're the one who missed this question. Uh, like...
0: 20 minutes ago.
1: Alright. We're that. Oh,
0: fuck. How long is this episode?
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like seven hours.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, <laughs> I've got to finish this episode tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a massive hangover. Yes. <laughs> Brad Brad Crevoy, the head of the Motion Picture Corporation of America, <laughs> is one of the foremost purveyors of Christmas themed uh, Netflix original romantic comedies, including. The uh, Christmas Prince series. But, however, he was not always known under that particular banner. Can you tell me which 1990s comedy <laughs> he produced, which represented his highest peak in the film industry?
0: 1990s comedy. <laughs> just give me he, A. So 90- a random producer produced a 1990s comedy.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's not a hard question to just think of a 1990s comedy. What's the most famous 1990s comedy?
0: What do you mean? What's the most famous 1990s comedy? How is that like a, narrowing it down?
1: It's narrowing a successful 1990s away.
0: comedy. There's so many. Yeah, like what? None of which I can think of. <laughs> this is not so like
1: a B problem. Friends, the problem. TV show. <laughs> no, this is not. It guess. takes two I, to I, tango. <laughs> that. Come on, give me a genuine guess. My best friend's wedding. No. The answer is Dumb and Dumber. Okay. That is like the quintessential 90s comedy. It could be anything. It's not no. the, it's not no the only one. No way. I do not say it's not. It's the anyway, whatever.
0: One. Who, who's, whose question is it
1: now? Mine? Um, yeah, because I just did Tinna. So what's your number five?
0: Is this Is my number five? Jesus.
1: You're, you're, <laughs> you're, five. Getting, you're getting fucking belligerent. What's, go, what's going on, bro? My number five is
0: apparently Love Guaranteed. Is that what I have here? Love Guaranteed. Love Guaranteed.
1: What the hell is that?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
2: you
0: want to hear my trivia movie. question about it? Maybe that will help. Uh, <laughs> help us remember what this is.
1: You ready? Yeah, I guess.
0: During which month of 2020 did I watch Mom <laughs> <I'm> Guaranteed? <laughs> I have talked about it on Project A+. I know that much.
1: What fucking? What is this fucking bullshit?
0: It's got a weigh-ins in it. <laughs>
1: it's got a weigh in it? It's got like a weigh-ins in it.
0: Just Just like on the rocks. Just like, it's got the same Waynes in it that is in Happy Endings, the TV show. That's all I know. Um, The Son of Damon. I'm going to guess June. September. Mm, That's so close. Bonus point, bonus point. What was my exact star rating on Letterboxd? (laughs) For Love Guaranteed, two and two and my half. fifth favorite film of 2020. What is the exact star rating of my fifth favorite film of 2020? Two and a half.
1: Correct. Alright, so Shriek up.
0: Ah, oh, fucking hell.
1: This, this is why I'm getting you because these bonus points, bro. Alright, right. go. Alright, ready for my number four? Yes. Are you ready for my number four? Go. <laughs> But number four is the aforementioned first cow, which I I forgot, I forgot to write a trivia question about. I think. Uh, it was directed by Kelly Reichardt. Oh no! no never mind. Never mind. I, I got it right. I got I got it right here. I got it right here. Who directed it? Kelly Reichardt. Okay. Okay. That's another trivia question. I don't. Never mind. I was looking at the wrong part of my list. Kelly Riker. Um This is a very warm and um, yeah, it's just a warm hangout film that I really enjoyed watching is it, it it has its profound moments to be sure but nothing that gets away just in this nice hangout vibe between these you know two bros just hanging out
0: it's good stuff two bros hanging out that was the working yeah. title
1: that, that sounds like uh, our podcast right that's right uh very enjoyable um very enjoyable
0: directed by that cow, Kelly Reichardt all
1: right <laughs> ready for my trivia question John McGarrow plays one of the two main roles in this film. Can you tell me which Project A Plus film he has a role in?
0: Oh, God. Horse Girl.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not accepting like it as a guess. You have, to, you have to think about You have to go in your memory and try to pick it up The last thing up. he wanted. <laughs> I'm not accepting like that either. It's not from this year.
0: Not from this year. <laughs> Deadpool 2. Oh,
1: my God. You're so pathetic. Um, no, the correct answer is War Machine.
0: War Machine.
1: Yeah, too late. Check up.
0: Oh, fucking hell.
1: <sighs> <laughs> Come on, it can't be that bad. It is that bad. Oh,
0: fucking hell. You're oh, fine. Stop complaining.
1: All right. <laughs> okay, what's your, uh, what's your number four, bro?
0: Number four is Operation Christmas Drop.
1: My number five worst film of the year. Hang on. You haven't got my trivia question.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. The screenplay for Operation Christmas Drop was penned by Greg Rosen and Brian. Who or what? Brian. Blank. Brian. Dot dot dot. Brian. Brian, what?
1: I don't, I don't know. What a bunch of bullshit. You fuck, should fuck know. You, you should know. It's a fucking terrible question.
0: No, no, it's a good question. You should know it. Think of the most obvious answer if you're you.
1: <laughs> if I'm, I'm by me... What, what does that even
0: mean? Just... Come on. Give me a guess. <laughs>
1: Brian Heglins. Brian Sawyer, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> How does your head help me at all? Which I said yeah, it's an yeah, obvious
0: fuck, answer fuck if you. you're you. And it's like <laughs> <That's> your surname.
1: <laughs> that does not suggest my surname. Fuck, it fuck does you. suggest
0: your surname.
1: Fuck you, I'm, I'm drinking. Drink. Alright, are you ready for my number three? Mm-hmm. My number three is a film I'm sure you've never heard of before. Are you ready? Yeah. It is Matthew Rankin's Canadian film, The 20th Century, which is a. Yeah, that's a Guy Madden associate. Fuck you! Okay, a film that I'm sure you only looked at because I I logged it on Letterboxd. Fuck you! (laughs) No, I've read about it. I don't believe you for one second.
0: Why would I like look at your letterbox logging and realize it was associated with Guy Madden somehow? Because you're
1: like, oh, why did you watch this? It I've diary. read about it. It's been reviewed. <laughs> yeah, fucking bullshit. Anyway. And
0: every reviewer um, has said his association with Guy Madden looms large over this. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
1: blah. Def- definitely a Guy Madden-esque film, but in a very pleasurable way. Fuck you! It's- <laughs> Let me finish. This is extremely funny. Uh, I think Fuck politically you. sound... Portrait of Canadian's leading Prime Minister William Lyon McKenzie King. What's in a boot? Uh, I just said it's about, it's a bio, it's a, it's a, a boot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a pseudo-biopic of Canadian, uh, the Canadian uh, blah, 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 of the longest-serving Canadian Prime Minister William Lyon McKenzie King. Who is sort of the, uh, person who gave the Canadian character its kind of like, cuck outlined, I think. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, this film is at great lengths to make William Ply and McKenzie King seem like a cuck. And also <laughs> uh, to posit him as someone who... <laughs> I mean, the end of the movie is is this, is this hysterical scene which literally posits him and also the Canadian spirit as this uh, totally ineffectual compromise between, you know fascism into communism yeah. <laughs> and it is really funny and i really enjoyed it i highly recommended this movie i think it is an absolute delight when you didn't think i'd heard of it fuck you yeah, <laughs> fuck okay. off fuck off all right <laughs> i did actually see question? that you've reviewed it actually are you ready for much of your question what did you give it give it four and a half stars is your trivia at, question,
0: how many stars did I give it on Letterboxd?
1: No, it is not. Are you okay. ready? Yes. The film's subject, William Lyon Mackenzie King, was C- Canada's longest-serving prime minister and who also set the tone of political structure of the country that remains basically intact today, had a curious relationship with one of the 20th century's most infamous dictators. Looking at this particular personage was a uh, possessed a mixture of good and evil... And that the good would eventually win out, and he would lead his nation, this dictator, to, quote Wikipedia, a glorious and harmonious future. Can you tell me who this dictator was?
0: Hmm. I'm gonna rule out Hitler. Okay. Uh, did you say what years this Canadian? I'm not gonna say no years. No, but, like, you didn't already say that you and I wasn't paying attention, nothing. did
1: you? You get, you get, you get, I did not say it.
0: Okay, that's, that's one I wanted to check. Um,
1: Mussolini? <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry to say that the answer was actually the person that you rolled out, which is hate off that What? <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> God damn it. So, drink up. <laughs> but you do
1: have a chance. Yep, yeah, the answer is Adolf Hitler.
0: I just didn't think Wikipedia would say that about
1: Hitler. Well, it's not, it's not, it's, it's what William, Wyatt, K- McKinsey King thought about Hitler.
0: Uh oh, I was listening, the way, the way I interpreted that information was that Wikipedia specifically said that Hitler was
1: good. No, 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 This is, this is what William, Wyatt, McKinsey King oh,
0: thought. okay. Never mind. My guess <laughs> well, is Hitler.
1: No, it's you. You should, you should have asked me to clarify. All right, whatever. All right, <clears throat> you ready for bonus points? Yeah. For a bonus point, can you tell me which historical personage, William Lyon Mackenzie King, thought that Hitler would one day uh, rank against, alongside as the deliverer of his people? Hannibal. No, the correct answer is uh, Joan of Arc. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your number three film of the year?
0: Uh, now we're down to like films that I kind of liked.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm psyched.
0: Uh, my number three is *The
1: Five Bloods*. Mmm. The Spike Lee film, a film that I thought about uh, putting up by don't give a fuck list.
0: <laughs> but I will say that perhaps more than any other director, including Scorsese himself. Spike Lee is Netflix proof mm. because he's, he's immutably himself. That's true. And um, I can imagine the uh, five Bloods being <laughs> basically the same like, film okay, if a different if a different uh, distributor had forked over 40 million for it, right? right. So it's as messy and tonally confused and impassioned. As you would expect.
1: Uh, Rishi Hate Me, what a great film.
0: Which is to say that it meets the minimum requirement for being a Spike Lee film. It's not boring. Which means, in the context of Project A, it's not Triple Frontier, even though it kind of is.
1: (laughs) Virtual Frontier. I maybe would encourage
0: maybe. you to watch Defy Blodge. I think you'll kind of enjoy the experience yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I do want to
1: watch it. I thought but about the, watching requisite,
0: it. the requisite Spike Lee dolly shot is so goofy, it's like beyond self-parodic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe by design, I'm not sure. Well, I'm, uh, okay, I'm going to watch it. if I don't enjoy the dolly shot, I'm going to... But it's the- so funny. It's so funny. And you know the political commentary is all over the place. The thread <laughs> involving the female love interest is laughable. Um, That's pretty
1: typical for Spike Lee.
0: But I think I kind of prefer this straight shooting approach to whatever Paul Thomas Anderson is going to cook up next.
1: That's my review. I like I like Anderson. I don't know why. You, you also yours.
0: you also can't argue with Jean Reno wearing a mugger hat and wielding a luger. So. <laughs>
1: That's true. I can't of that. That's *The right. Five
0: Bloods*. That's my review. That's my capture review. Okay, here's my Defive Five Bloods* trivia question. The original screenplay, 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 screenplay upon which *The Five Bloods* is based, was significantly reworked when Spike Lee signed on as director. Which notable director was attached to the project prior to Lee?
1: Oh man, I feel like I do this.
0: Um, Give you a hint
1: Vietnam. <laughs> uh, Oliver Stone. Yes. Uh, well, drink up. You shouldn't have given me that hint. I never would have got it.
0: Uh, I'm being nice.
1: Gonna, I'm a nice I, guy. What can I say? Uh, I was going to say fucking Paul Hayes. You, <laughs> <laughs> you You gave it to me. though. That, that was the most obvious hint you could have given me. My hint wasn't sexual assault. Of which both Oliver Stone and... Um, Oh, I guess I've been accused
0: <laughs> Really? I didn't know about Oliver Stone's like,
1: Accusation Well I don't I don't know If it was like sexual assault But it was definitely Something bad Let's see
0: Sexy assault Yeah yeah Alright fine Sexual go.
1: misconduct Sexual misconduct Okay Conduct Alright Ready for my number two? Mhm Alright My number two Is uh, another film You made out of her mouth <laughs> Which is a film Called Labyrinth of Cinema I have not heard of this. <laughs> okay. It is the final film by one of my absolute favorite filmmakers, uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. She received very limited release in the year of 2020 in the United States. Uh, this is a bizarre, fa- phantasmic oracle um, anti-war film, which sort of um, it's a very moving um, evocation of post-war Japanese cinema. You know, Hugh, I'm going to be honest. I did not understand this movie. I will admit it, but I did feel it deeply. I thought this was a movie film, um, and I think that the fact that Obayashi felt that, despite having cancer, that he had to direct this movie, he had to impart this last gift upon the cinematic uh, landscape. So movie to me. that I, I love this film. I thought it was absolutely great. So that's Labyrinth of Cinema.
0: If you were given, like, a cancer diagnosis where you had, like, you know, a few months to live or something, would you, like, record, like, a final Project A Plus podcast that, like, summed up your feelings about life and humanity and? what Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, of course, of course. No, I I would say for Christ's sake. (laughs) For Christ's sake. (laughs) No, the other couple,
0: surely. All all of them. (laughs) But if you had to rank them in order of priority, it'd be the Otter Couple 1, for Christ's sake 2, Project A 3.
1: <laughs> Why have we done the Otter Couple? We haven't, we haven't done that in a while. But
0: we've got to do it. We've got to get back on that. We've got to yeah, finish up the
1: first season at least. We, we do.
0: And we got to do our Hangout Pod. The Hangout Pod? Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: what's, what's your number two of the year, bro?
0: My number two of the year is uh, Uncut Gems, I guess.
1: <laughs> well I bet I know what your number one is
0: So here's my trivia for Uncut Gems After Adam Sandler's manager Turned down the part In 2009 The Safdie brothers Cast a 2009? different actor In 2017 What is the name <laughs> well, know, of this actor? This.
1: <coughs> it was Stallone right? It was not uh, I was thinking of something else. Is it James Caan? It was not. Wow, well, wow. Well, That's enough
0: oh. guesses, you piece of shit. It was Joan of, <laughs> it was Joan of Arc, Jonah Hill.
1: <laughs> really? Drink up. God, that would have been terrible.
0: <laughs> yes, it would have been terrible if it was Jonah Hill. I agree.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking of. um. Sylvester Stallone was supposed to be in this uh, uh, Olivier Assayas film that never happened. That's what I was thinking of.
0: I don't care. Drink
1: (laughs) it. I already drank. I drank. (sighs) I really want to edit uh, Sylvester Stallone's Wikipedia page so it says Sylvester the Italian Stallion Stallone.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? No. I think it would be. Are you ready for my number one? Sylvester Stallone's
0: porn career was funny circa like 2005.
1: Are you ready for my number one? Yes. (laughs) Okay, here we go. My number one of the year is Steve McQueen's Mangrove. A uh, brilliant evocation of... um, the uh, West Indian community in Britain in the 1960s uh, that is urgent and deeply felt and um, feels very warm um, and which basically weaponizes the qualities about Steve McQueen's films that I haven't liked in the past. uh, A certain coldness, a vaporousness, a distance from the subjects, and uses it to depict the brutal armor of uh, of, of the racist British police. Um, I thought this film was moving, uh, very exciting, and um, a wonderful riposte to the uh, liberal uh, shit of The Trial of the Chicago 7. So I quite enjoyed this film, and it is my favorite film of this year. Oh, you know what I totally forgot to do is ask you the uh, trivia question for Labyrinth of Cinemas. Are you ready for that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) All
1: right, so I'm going to do two at once. Ready? All right. Yeah. Uh, Tanobu Asano plays a small role in this film. Can you tell me what other film I've awarded a position on one of my lists this year that he appeared in?
0: Um, the film by some Japanese guy? (laughs)
1: No, no, you have to to think. Come on, come on, think about it.
0: I can only remember the Red Spectacles, which I know he wasn't in because that was ages he was ago.
1: Not, he was not at that.
0: That was before he was uh, a name.
1: Mm. Is that your guess? Yeah, because I can't are, remember the
0: other names of the films that you mentioned. Well,
1: the correct answer is Love and Pop. He plays ah, a yeah, rapist. He plays a rapist at that album. Okay, fair enough. Yum. Great. Right. and are you ready for my <laughs> mangrove question? hmm This one you might get right. right, one of the members of the cast of this film very recently found themselves in a bit of hot soup by making an anti-vaccination video. Can you tell me which cast member I am talking about? Of what? Of Mangrove. (laughs) Ah. My number one film of the year. Yes. I
0: know who it is, but I don't remember her name.
1: Well, can I give you the voice for that?
0: Yeah, I remember this, but I don't remember her name,
1: honestly. Well, mm. oh, the correct answer is Leticia Wright, so drink up.
0: Ah, fucking hell. I still don't remember her name. It's not a very memorable
1: name. Leticia Wright.
0: Leticia Wright.
1: All right. <clears throat> What's your number one film of the number year? Number one, my favorite film twenty twenty. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes.
0: <laughs> correct.
1: All right. Can I, can I do a Bob Odenkirk voice? Let me, let me try.
0: Correct. You're correct. <laughs> Wait. Can I get a? Uh, uh, look at you, my my little women. <laughs> yes. Correct. It's Little Women. Great, great film. The director of that great film, Greta Gerwig, was brought up in which religion? <laughs> Um, how specific do I need to be? The name of the religion is all I need. <laughs>
1: Uh I would say Christianity. Nope. Yeah.
0: Uh, it is apparently Unitarian Universalism.
1: That's a form of Christianity.
0: <laughs> I think. No, it's not. It's <laughs> I think exactly. it is. It's not. I think it is. It's not. Not Chris, it it's not a form
1: of Christianity. I think it's a more Christianity. It's not. I think it is. It's not. Let's look it up. It's not a, it's, a, it's not a religion if it's secular. What the fuck is that bullshit?
0: No, no, no. It's a religion, but it's like secular in the sense that it's not Christian. What the fuck, what
1: the fuck is this bullshit? Well, it could be Christian. Okay, you ready for the you ready for this paragraph on I'm not going to be to find that? Information? So Wikipedia, I, I'm looking it up right now. The Okay, you ready? The beliefs you, of yeah. individual Unitarian Universalists rage widely, including atheism, agnosticism, pantheism, panentheism, pantheism, deism, humanism, are you ready for this? Judaism, and what what religion, to You uh, Christianity. So
2: <laughs>
1: she could have been raised a Christian. Drink out. No way. Drink out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. How do you prove that she was not raised as a Christian? Drink out.
0: It's a liberal religion.
1: So what? It includes some. You can be a Christian and be a Unitarian Universalist.
0: It means it, you can be both. It doesn't mean that like
1: the Christianity
0: is part but, of. But but that's not the question. The question is what
1: religion was she brought up in?
0: That's the religion she was brought up into. That's like according to Wikipedia. It doesn't say she's brought up Christians, it's just brought up kids specifically. She could have been. Because there's a separate religion called Christian Universalism.
1: This is Unitarian Universalism. Let's just look up critic of Christianity. She went to an all- bo- uh, all, all a Catholic school, so... Drink out. Y- she went to a Catholic school. Drink out. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Alright, is that it? Are, are we done? What's your number one? I already told you, mangrove.
0: Oh, okay. I guess we're done then.
1: I, I can't think. I can't think of a better, uh. better note to end this shit show on.